now he knows that I almost killed him too because he's still around yeah oof that is so embarrassing you go to kill someone yeah. and then you <laughs> fail so it's like ooh, that person's gonna know that i definitely tried to do that <laughs> i love the idea but that's so embarrassing <laughs> that i tried to kill you and now you're, and you're still here ooh. awkward like are we awkward. gonna talk about that <laughs> yeah Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode, due to Hurley playing Connect 4, is what's your favorite board game? This is one that I don't think we've done before. I don't think so. Unless last time Hurley played Connect 4? I don't know. You know, I'm a big fan of, like, the Clue and everything. I feel like I'm very good at Clue, but I would say that my number one favorite board game is a board game that me and my family used to play back in probably the early 2000s called Mall Madness. Oh, iconic. Basically, it was like just the board is extremely complex and um, it has like an electronic feature where we like press buttons and it speaks and anyway, it's very fun and I love it. And yeah, that's my favorite board. God, I remember the commercials for that when I was a kid, but I never got got to play it. I always heard about it, but never got to play it. And I always wanted to. We got to play it next time I see either of you. Oh, Robin, what was was that game we played at the apartment Um, with like, we were all a different color and like, there was a board. Uh-huh. Um, there were that, ex- that describes every board cards. game. <laughs> <laughs> there were cards, okay. I'm trying to recall specifics. We played some sort of game. We were all like a different color and uh uh we tried to like uh get each oh listen, I'm totally with you. That sounds like every board game I've ever played though, so I'm not sure. I know. Um I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Okay. The colors were like blue and red and green and it was Yumi and Chris and we like you have the board and you try to like block the other color so that like you get Uh like so many in a row. Okay, I had it and then I and then you lost me. Are we talking about Parcheesi? (laughs) I don't think so, but I I feel like it's something so simple, but I don't remember what it was called. I'm like, is it one that I Yeah, it was, have? One, it was one of your board games. Like, if I go out into my living room and look, let me go. If you, This is really important to me now. <laughs> sorry. This is important. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> let me come back. Please. I'll, please. I'll be right back, you guys. Please. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going crazy. No, I know. I swear we played this. But it's like, how else do you describe a board game where you are each a different color and you're trying to get the most points? That's just every game. Well, I'm trying to figure out if that's a card game or, well, you said there's a board to it. It was like there was a board and there were little plastic pieces, but there were also cards. Like you play with a deck of cards and you try to match like it was similar to Rummy Cube. But like a lit, but like different. See, I'm in such a game funk now with my kids. All we play is like Candyland over and over again. So, oh my god, I could yeah. play Candyland over and over for the rest yeah. of my life. I had yeah. the Candyland like online DVD game. Oh my oh, god, geez. it was so it was so fun. I feel like I had that game too. It was so fun. Never fear, I figured out exactly what game you're talking about. What was it? It's called Sequence. Yes, that oh. one, that one, that one, that one. Okay. When you when you said cards, I saw like sorry cards. Right, right. And not like 
actually a deck of cards. No, like a deck of cards. That would have clarified. Yeah. I just, yeah. I had to make sure I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> but Sequence is a, like a Jeffrey family staple. I've played Sequence for years. So shout out and I recommend. I had never played that until I played with you and it was uh, quite fun. And I was quite frustrated when I would not win, but Robin's yeah. was so good. <laughs> I just had lots of practice. Anyway, wait a second. Who are you? Okay, anyway. My name is Casey Wall. I'm a 25-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LFCandleCo where I make pop culture inspired candles. And my favorite board game is like hands down Clue. It is so fun. Mm -hmm. Me and my family used to go to New Hampshire every summer and we would specifically request the same condo unit that we stayed in the first time we went to New Hampshire because we're just the kind of people who like really enjoy tradition mm -hmm. i don't know so i just have very fond memories of us in that specific unit unit playing clue in the middle of summer and um all of us getting really into it and it was just really great and yeah big clue fan i love that um and this episode's guest on his fifth lost podcast has it been five times it's been five to wait Yes, yes, this is the fifth time. He must be setting a record. Oh, that's like veteran status, maybe. Because you were on once per season, and then you were also on the round table of season one. Yes. So this is your fifth time. Would you like to introduce yourself to the... I mean, it's been a while, so go ahead. It's been a while, uh, so people don't remember me. Hey, Sam, bony guy. See, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Scott Taylor. I'm a 38-year-old Zamboni driver creeping up on 39 uh, from uh, Chilliwack, BC. Uh, you can find me at Instagram or Twitter at Hey Zamboni Guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm married with kids and bored, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. So, how close are you to creeping up on 39? Because that we are recording significantly in advance. Will you be 39 by February? Oh, yeah. I'll be 39 in December. So by the time you guys hear this, there'll Perfect. be more gray hair and they'll, it'll be thinning up more at the top. So. <laughs> more wisdom. Great. More wisdom. More yeah. wisdom. My son will tell me today, th this year, Dad, you're turning 40. Yeah, thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right, Casey, your line? Today we have... Oh, my board game. My board game. Oh, yes, your board game. I totally forgot. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course, please. My board game. I was like, something doesn't feel right. It's, it, yeah, I was like, wait, we haven't talked hardly enough. And I, it's probably because we've had Scott on so many times that we're like, we don't need to talk about your relationship to the show. We all know that already. But we do need to hear about your board game immediately. My, my, I'm very boring. My favorite board game goes back to when I was a kid and it's Monopoly. I remember playing it with my grandfather oh, yeah. vividly every weekend when I would sleep over at their dinner table over the course of an entire weekend. Cause we, yeah, that's a classic. He came up with a system where we would get like double the money we were supposed to just so the game would go on longer and longer and longer. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and I've got my son into it now. We play that, and even though he's five, he junior Monopoly. He's done with that. He wants us to play the big boy Monopoly now. So he's oh, I love that. I, I've got him. I've got him geeked into that now. Well, I recommend. Uh, I recommend Disney Monopoly. I was yes. I used to play that with my granddad or my grandpa before mm. he passed away. Every time I slept over at their house, we would always play uh, Disney Monopoly, and I... he'd be like, "Do you want to be the banker?" And sometimes I'd want to be the banker, and sometimes I'd be like, no, I don't want to be the banker. And he'd be like, too bad. You need to practice your math. Yep. Wow. Well, I was already good at math. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, I recommend Disney Monopoly. I was going to say, like. I, I, I know he would totally like that, too. So. I love that. Yeah. I was Like, there are so many. For some reason, Monopoly is just 
like the one board game that there's a million versions of like in so many i have a vivid memory growing up there was a monopoly game that was custom made for my town that was like yep, a fundraiser we, for the elementary school. Yeah, we have one too. Like what? We had a Chilliwack Monopoly game here too. Yep. Right? Okay. You you guys had very specific. We listen. Niche monopolies. Yes. yes. <laughs> but mine's boring because Red Deeropoly is just filled with like random businesses who sponsored having a. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Robin, we thing on the board, and I'm just like, none of these are Red Deer staples, you guys. No, we need to compare Red Deer Monopoly versus Chilliwack Monopoly because my God, it's yeah. gonna be the same. Ooh, I'd love yeah. to see that. Yes, me too. I don't own a. <laughs> I don't own a Red Deeropoly, but <laughs> I see them at Walmart every time I go. Oh, that's awesome. It's very strange. Like, you don't see, like, a Disney clue, which, oh my god, I would love that. Like, imagine, like, Princess Jasmine in the corridor with (laughs) the uh, Sword of Merlin or whatever. Like Casey, I think that you have stumbled upon the exact reason why Disney doesn't have a clue, which is that their princess is a murderer? Well, you know, I think it would just add some complexity (laughs) to their backstory. I mean, okay. Princess Jasmine kills Minnie Mouse? No. Like, I'm not explaining that to... Oh, give me the tea. <laughs> yeah. Give me the tea. To a yeah. three-year-old. At, at, yeah. What happened there? Yeah. See, and I I'm envious it. of you guys. My family wouldn't play Clue with me, so it just sat in our <gasps> closet for years. Aww. Oh, that's so sad. They wouldn't play Clue, and they wouldn't play the game of life because they said it was too long, so... Oh my god, those are the only two... And they'd play Monopoly? Wait, those are the only two games we played, Clue and Life. I know, and all I wanted as a kid was Mousetrap, and we couldn't get that, so... Oh. I know. I had Mousetrap, but I could not figure out how it freaking worked. This is relevant to Lost, of course. Oh, this is. Mousetrap, yeah. But I could never figure out, like, how exactly... Like, really, I would only pull it out to, like, make the little thing and then play with it, and then I'd put it away. Like, I never actually played the game of Mousetrap, because I never figured out how to no. actually play. <gasps> all those commercials oh my god you know what i just realized is my genuine true favorite board game pretty pretty princess i have never heard of this (gasps) please tell me more oh my god we're taking up far too much time talking about board games but i need to hear about this i know i just unlocked no this is great I unlocked a core memory. I couldn't even tell you what the point was. I just remember there's a spinner and there's, you have like this, this, uh, uh, tin for lack of a better word, even though it's made of plastic, this tin of just jewels, which are just, um, plastic. And there was like blue jewels and green jewels and pink jewels. And, uh, I think like one other color. I, w- oh my God, I just loved playing it because I wanted to collect the most jewelry. Oh, I need, I need to look this up. Okay, no, I'm going to go way too far off base, but this this just <laughs> unlocked something. Casey's next eBay purchase. <laughs> I will. I'm just like, why does this sound familiar? I don't think I ever played this game. Pretty Pretty Princess, please. If you played Pretty Pretty Princess, let me know. If, oh, now that I now that I'm like thinking about this, <laughs> Casey, this is gonna go out in February, and you're <laughs> and people are gonna tweet you about Pretty Pretty Princess, and you'll be like, "What is this about?" I know. I just oh, this just unlocked something so deep for me because it's just like okay, I'm searching it. When there was an option to play board games, I wouldn't even play the game. I would just Ooh. dive into the tin of jewels. Oh, I see. I know. I definitely never played this, but it does look fun. Did you have this Cinderella version or what? Oh, 
No. I definitely so had fancy. a generic version. I'm looking it up. Too. Okay. Yeah, no, the generic version. Oh, why okay. Don't we, instead of talking about princesses, why don't we get started talking about grungy people on an island? Right. Anyway, what we came here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> We're, we are 13 minutes into recording, my friends, and this is why we ask our guests to, um, you know, uh, carve out at least three hours to speak with us. <laughs> this is great content. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the game and it. I just, I just deja vu'd so hard. <laughs> oh, those... I had to pull it up on eBay while we were sitting here. This is great stuff. Oh, the rings, the rings. Oh my god. And anytime <laughs> I would get a ring pop, I would think it was a pretty, pretty princess ring. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, <clears throat> you're like, I definitely can smuggle this into the game. <sighs> Sorry. All right. Focus. Breathe. We're good. Today, we have words to say about episode 401 of Lost, the beginning of the end. Yes, the beginning of the end. So at the end of season three, Ben says that if Jack made the call, it would be the beginning of the end. And Damon and Carlson said, bet. <laughs> and now it's called that. Iconic name for an episode. Jack made the call. It's called the beginning of the end. There it is. And of course, it is also the beginning of the back half of the show. So it is the beginning of the end. Uh, the broadcast date was January 31st, 2008. It was written by Damon and Carlton and directed by, of course, my friend Jack Bender. A couple of fun facts that I grabbed about the episode. This is the first season premiere not to be Jack-centric. What a great concept. Yeah. And I think and I think the reason for that is because the finale was Jack-centric that they decided not to do that. Because the season one finale was like everyone-centric, so it was okay to have a Jack one right there. And then season two finale was Desmond-centric, so it was okay to have a oh, Jack right. one. It would be like, that's why they didn't want to do like back to Jack, back to back Jack. Yeah. Jack to back. I would have understood it, but I think it's so amazing that they made it Hurley-centric. Yeah. And it's also the first season premiere not to begin with a close-up shot of someone's eye. Ooh. So that's interesting. They're really changing it up. That is a fun fact. It is the beginning of the end, one might say. Yeah. The last thing that I grabbed from the Lostpedia was um, Jack has lost a lot of weight between Through the Looking Glass Part 2 and this episode, despite them only taking place minutes apart. This was because actor Matthew Fox was filming Speed Racer during the summer hiatus. If I hadn't read this, I would have not noticed yeah i didn't really know no until i saw your notes i didn't notice it either and yeah. i just yeah. watched it last night so had no idea yeah i was like oh i i guess he was a little slimmer yeah this episode we're just gonna do the island storyline uh since they obviously intersect in an extremely important scene at the end we're just gonna do the island storyline by themselves and then of course the flashback sorry the flash forward by themselves oh the what what now? But I do have a couple of thoughts from listeners. So I do apologize to the people whose thoughts these are, because like I said, we are recording this significantly far in advance. So you're going to be hearing this months from now, but this was the earliest that I could bring in your thoughts. I'm so sorry. That is crazy. It is October 15th, 2022. Yes. Like, just so people know. Mm -hmm. But you know what, you guys? Ever since this became three tracks, I just, like, I gotta do them super far in advance. And I hope that's okay with everybody because it takes so long to edit. That is so valid. And also, it's kind of yeah. cool because it feels like a time capsule. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. And then we can look, we could predict what we're gonna get for Halloween, for Christmas. I know. I just know that the new Taylor Swift album's so good. Oh. It's coming out this week and I'm so excited. We know Casey's getting Pretty Pretty Princess for Christmas. Christmas, that's for damn sure. I better <laughs> right. be. Yeah. yeah. After this episode, it's on my list, so. As well as a new laptop, because I'm tired of booting up my laptop an hour and a half before we record. If it, if it takes <laughs> right. an hour, yeah, it might be time to spring for a new one. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's not compatible compatible with Windows 11, which was my initial sign that, um, mm, maybe it's, maybe it's time to upgrade. Yikes. 
Yeah, geez. Okay, so I did get a Twitter DM from Joanna. Um, and this is not the Joanna that we um, have had on the podcast uh, previously. This is just a person named Joanna. Um, but she said that um, she grabbed something from Through the Looking Glass Part 1. And we missed, uh, sorry, I missed, mentioning a number. For some reason, it wasn't on Lostpedia, which is why I missed it, I think. But she said when Ben is drawing the line on the map, like, you know, when he's drawing the line from the radio tower to, like, where the others are. And oh, it's like, sure. He's using the ruler to figure it out. He stops at 15 inches <gasps> on the ruler. Bum, 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 bum. And, uh, yeah, so I missed that one. So thanks so much to Joanna for bringing that one up. Super appreciate it. And then the other thing that I had was a tweet from Emmy at Emmy Classic. And she said, uh, listening to Lost 322, which I believe is also through the looking glass part one, doesn't matter. Um, And hearing you say no one was a diehard jacket shipper. I said that. No, I'm pretty sure. No one was a diehard jacket shipper, which is Juliet and Jack. And I was already in by this point in season three. I watched live, but by a certain scene in Juliet season four episode, I literally cried at the jacket scene and made myself a wallpaper oh so i'm really sorry i'll never make a blanket statement again oh. um there were diehard jacket shippers at the time you know so i do apologize there always is yeah those two it just seemed like it was something they tried to push too much it just didn't seem organic mm. you know like, yeah like, i'm sorry if you lock me in a, in a room i don't think i'm eventually gonna fall in love with you even though you bring me sandwiches you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right essentially that's what marriage is really so yeah <laughs> All right, so I did the summary for the island storyline, so here we go. Almost immediately after the events of the season finale, Hurley calls Jack on the radio for an update. The freighter is on its way. Kate wasn't able to track Locke, who escaped. Rose, Sun, and Claire talk about how brave their significant others are. Ben asks Rousseau to take Alex away to protect her. On the beach, Hurley tells Bernard that things have always been so heavy he's never had the chance to enjoy being on the beach. He does a cannonball into the water. By the time he gets out, Desmond has gotten back from the looking glass and tells everyone that the freighter people are not good. No one's asking the real question, so Hurley has to shout it. Where's Charlie? Desmond breaks the news that Charlie didn't make it. Elsewhere, Jack answers another call from the freighter. They need some settings changed on the phone and want Naomi to just do it but jack lies about where she is since she's dead wait a second she's not dead she's crawled off and escaped on the beach they debate whether to warn jack and co using the walkie or just by walking to them uh hurley makes the executive decision by throwing the walkie into the ocean rousseau tells jack that she found naomi's blood trail so they can follow that they're bringing ben because jack doesn't trust anyone else with him kate says she found the trail but jack tells her to chill because they're already following a trail so the blood that kate found must be made up come on jack <laughs> kate agrees but steals the walkie from jack as she's hugging him oh sorry kate agrees that steals the sat phone from Jack as she's hugging him. As they walk through the night, Sawyer tries to check on Hurley to see if he's okay, but Hurley's not interested in talking. Hurley starts falling behind with the group and gets lost. He finds himself in front of Jacob's cabin and hears some creepy whispers. Rousseau realizes that they were following a fake trail and Ben tells Jack that the phone was stolen by Kate. Following the correct trail, Kate answers a call from the freighter. They want to know where Naomi is, understandably. Naomi drops from a tree above Kate and threatens her. She ends up taking the phone, fixing the settings, and dying, asking for them to tell her sister that she loves her which is important. Hurley approaches the cabin but gets scared by what he sees inside. He runs away but keeps coming to it. Locke finds him and they talk about how they need to convince everyone the freighter is bad news. The group meets up at the fuselage and there's some lovely reunions. 
Hurley breaks the horrible news to Claire that Charlie is dead. Jack shows up and punches Locke in the face. He takes Locke's gun and literally pulls the trigger, meaning to kill him, but there aren't any bullets inside. Jack keeps beating up Locke, but gets pulled off. Locke says everything he's done has been to protect them, which Jack thinks is ludicrous. Kate shows up to say that Naomi is dead. Locke says that if people want to live, they should go be with him at the barracks. Hurley decides to go with Locke because Charlie said they were lying. Claire, Ben, Sawyer, and others decide to go with Locke and the groups divide again. Jack and Kate reminisce about Charlie when a helicopter appears above them and someone parachutes out. The man takes off his helmet and asks for Jack. Ooh, season four. Juicy. So exciting. Except for the bang. I love it. So exciting. Okay, so on our first island uh, scene, we have Hurley radioing for Jack and he's like, hey, did you get to the radio tower? And Jack's like, yeah, I talked to the people on the boat. And if I was Hurley, I'd be like, well, thanks for keeping me updated, buddy. Right? That seems like kind of an important update for you to just like do and then forget about me. But okay. It's like, I would have liked to know that. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I had to call you to get you to tell me that? Cool. You would think there would be some like form of communication going back and forth. You know, like what? No kidding. What's the point of keeping it secret you know yeah imagine if he's like oh yeah that happened half an hour ago i'd be like what it's it, it, he, jack is such a control freak that's the whole reason why hurley has yes. to call and check in with him yeah so he's like yeah they're on their way to come get us and they're like oh, i can't believe it worked and um you know jack is like hey, yeah it worked haha and like winks at ben and you know what i love sassy jack i will take it's it it's so fun Mm-hmm. Just a little wink. And so Hurley's like cheering and everything. Jack asks Kate if she's seen Locke because I assume Kate has gone off trying to track Locke. But Locke himself is a great tracker and probably knows how to cover his trail. Indeed. So she's like, nothing. Um, And they just look at Naomi dead on the ground. And they're like, oh my gosh, why would he kill her? Like he didn't even know her. And Jack's like, yeah, um, he's crazy. And I, I think that crazy, especially by Jack, is thrown around a little bit too much. Oh, agreed. You know, he, he uses crazy a lot this episode andy uses insane as well and it's like okay that it's it's a lot it's like find a different adjective buddy yeah because the thing is if he actually thinks that the guy's insane then why over the course of whatever amount of time they've been there why hasn't he gone crazy or insane and killed all the rest of them you know right exactly (laughs) does it why why can't he stop just to think there's a reason why he did this you know yeah you know like and it's not right jack thinks that all the things that he does doesn't don't even have a reason and that's what he thinks is crazy no. is that he's doing these be- just like to be weird because it's not like Locke just goes and- <laughs> just to be quirky and like duct tapes yeah. Naomi's mouth to get her to shut up like a, like a like a small thing he throws a knife into her bloody damn back like the most extreme thing that he could do you know mm-hmm. so yeah because clearly that's how important it is to him and yeah. Jack doesn't consider that Locke has reasons you know no, he's just nuts so Kate says what if he comes back and Jack's like I will murder him and it's like oh <laughs> who's crazy now <laughs> yeah okay but so that it's so funny because they just like stare at each other like jack and kate just sort of look at each other and it's like okay sure but also like dude if you're about to leave why commit murder you know like whatever you got off the island anyway but he's like no before i go and get back to my regular life i'm gonna kill someone sure right as you do that's the way i'm going out yeah so he's like all right well i'll get everyone and we'll start going and they're like oh my gosh wow we're really going home and we flip over to the Claire, Sun, and Rose scene. Um, Sun is so excited that she's going to have her baby in a hospital. And Claire's like, cool, must be nice. And it's a really cute little moment. <laughs> I loved that. Claire was like, um, okay, rub it in. Sure. She's like, I had my baby on top of a rock. So, <laughs> but thanks. 
That's nice. So they say Rose must be really proud because Bernard is a hero. And Rose says that the real hero is Charlie. And she calls him your man to Claire, which is like beautiful. And it's like, oh, Charlie would be so happy to hear her say that to Claire. And and for Claire not to not to try and like. She doesn't deny like, it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just feel like Charlie would be so happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, if he didn't fit, flip that switch, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So this episode had a commentary on it that I listened to and it was with Jorge and also Evie. So obligatory, obligatory disclaimer that Evie's views that she posts on Instagram, we do not condone. Not in the least. But some of the things that she says on the commentary, I thought were worth bringing up. So, so Evie said during the commentary, I love it when our show does this. I love it when our show has simple everyday moments between the characters because so much of it is high drama, high intensity, and it's constantly pushing, hitting hard just to stop for a minute and remember that they are human beings who have feelings and day-to-day routines, who change diapers, who eat fu- who eat food and gossip. And I agree with that. And I think that's what makes this show so special is that they they aren't constantly drilling the drama, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, it's the perfect balance of, like, the very human and simple moments with the action and the, like, intense stuff, you know? Yeah. So that's when Rose is like, well, since he's such a hero, you should treat him real good when we get back. And they're like, oh, my God, Rose! Better put out. Rose! (laughs) I can't believe I'm actually going to have my baby in a hospital. Oh, rub it in, why don't you? Oh, no. <laughs> you ladies need a hand? No, we're just wrapping things up. Thanks. Yeah, you must be very proud of Bernard. I hear he's quite the hero. But everyone up here knows that the real hero is your man, Claire. If Charlie didn't turn off that gizmo, we'd still be getting a busy signal on that fancy phone. So you better make sure you treat him real good when we get back. Rose? <laughs> And I think that part is so funny because Claire's like, we've only kissed twice. <laughs> like Claire and Charlie, we've only seen them kiss twice. It's adorable. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, because Rose is like everybody's mom saying that too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's why it's also so cringy. It's great. It's like Rose. Yeah, it's so funny. So Ben and Rousseau watch Carl and Alex together and Ben asks Rousseau to take Alex as far away as possible. And he goes, do me a favor. And she looks over at him like, the gall, the audacity of this man. Do me a favor. Her look is. Yeah, it's so good. Incredible. Love Mira. Yeah. So he says, everyone who stays is going to die. So please take her away. And he calls her his daughter, which makes her hit him in the face and say, not your daughter, you bitch. That's a mistake. Yeah, that's a, that's a punch that's had 17 years in the making. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fully, fully. When I was rewatching it yesterday, I noticed that at the end of this scene, Naomi's eyes are fully like open as she's dead. And I'm just like, how is she alive during this? Like, seriously, no one went and like checked to make sure that she was dead. That really seems like something that Jack would do. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It does not yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Well, you would think if you throw a knife in the middle of someone's back, it's going to do them in. But right, and yeah. she's just like on the ground. So yeah. they're like, mm, probably that's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's also pretty unbelievable, though, that she wouldn't be screaming in pain or anything like that. Like, I'm just going to lay here. That is so fair, actually. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay here. I'm not going to say shit. But 20 minutes from now, I'm going to climb a tree. I'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm going to make a dummy trail. Like, what? Merely a flesh balloon. I'll be fine. 
I can finish my shift. Oh, you know what? You know what? I was like, this makes no sense. And then I was like, you know what? Magic Island. And then I was like, you know what? The island heals. Ooh. And the island heals fast. You right. And I've always thought that this doesn't make any sense how she survived that. But now I'm like, maybe she lied there so long that the island was able to like heal her slightly. So she was able to have this energy to do all of these insane things. You know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my headcanon. There's also a, a one small thought I had on this and I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong because we know. Well, or is it getting to the spoiler stuff? I don't know about the man <laughs> That'll definitely be spoilers. Yeah, okay. write that down. Don't don't forget. Oh, I'm going to forget. I'm getting old. But I'm going to try to remember <laughs> my thought. So make sure you write it down. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Okay, the next scene, we go over to the beach, and we have Juliet digging graves for people she literally knows, which is, like, horrifying. And Sawyer just sits there and, like, drinks beer, and I'm like, um, help her. <laughs> Maybe do something? <laughs> You're the one who killed one of them. Like, do something else. And, like, Hurley and Bernard are just sitting there looking at the ocean, and I'm just like, someone help Juliet, please. Like, I just, those are her people. Those are her friends. And, like, yeah, they suck, but, like, why is she digging the hole right in the middle of the camp? Like, shouldn't anybody else be like, actually, we bury these people on Boone Hill. On <laughs> <laughs> Boone Hill. Yeah. It's her a bingo go. card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boone mentioned. Uh, she yep. doesn't know and no one's at no one's telling her differently. What did we decide to change it to? Scott Hill? Maybe. Because <laughs> Scott was the one who was actually first buried there. It's true. It might be Scott Hill. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it. So Hurley tells Bernard that he won the lottery, which he doesn't tell a lot of people. Um he says he's worth $150 million and it sucked. And Bernard was like, Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> That sounds horrible. Please tell me your troubles. Who couldn't use 150 million? I really am having a hard time feeling bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) So Hurley thinks that all of that money is going to be gone because, you know, everybody thinks that he's dead. So that money would have been given out to whoever it was going to be given out to. And he's like, when I get back, I'll be free. And we, of course, at the time during this episode, have already seen him literally detained by the police in the flash forward. So it's really funny that he says, I'll be free when we've already seen him get arrested. It's just so sad because he's so happy in that moment. He's like, oh, finally, like, I'll be free of this burden. Mm -hmm. And alas. Alas. No. The complete opposite. Yeah. (laughs) So he says, I want to do a cannonball because every day I look at this water and I don't allow myself to have fun and do a cannonball. And Bernard says, hell yeah, Hurley do that cannonball and he like runs and laughs and he does his cannonball and it's beautiful and there's just all this like slow motion joy and jorge just absolutely kills it this episode this is one of the best moments in the entire series because of Mm -hmm. jorge yeah it's up there with when they get the van going yes yeah those moments of joy just a beautiful moment of joy yeah 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 He's just a big happy guy, and I think that's why everyone everyone could uh, not feel for him. But they, like when I watched it, it was like, like well, relate that, to that, him, relate to him. Like, oh, that that's me. Yeah. That's how I would be. You know, like like season one when it's I, he just wants to go sit on the beach and listen to music. Like that's something that mm-hmm. any of us, yes. any one of us would have gotten just done just to zone out. You know, like, it's like yeah. yeah, these people are. Uh, they survived a horrific trauma. They have faced death and like destruction and like natural disaster. But they're on a beautiful tropical beach. And never once did it. And like no one just like takes a dip. No one just no. vibes. Right. <laughs> like I, I. And this. Well, is- Joanna tried to, and then oh. she died. So. <laughs> Like, even yep. on Survivor, yep. you see them and they're living in, in <laughs> garbage, but they're out swimming and having fun. Yeah, you know? it's like just just finding those t- 
tiny moments where you're like, Normalcy. Everything is terrible, but this one thing is not so terrible, and I'm going to enjoy that one thing. I've been on that beach. It's beautiful. It's one of the nicest places I've ever been. Did no Mm -hmm. one ever once want to go sit there and I'm just going to make a sandcastle? Like, just just (laughs) vibe. Just vibe for a moment. Just chill. You know what? I bet Walt made a sandcastle. Yeah. I bet he did. Oh, he definitely would have. And buried all of his dead birds in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on Lostpedia, it said, Hurley's cannonball is reminiscent of a real jump into the ocean taken by Jorge Garcia. According to the season one DVD bonus feature, Welcome to Oahu, uh, Garcia dived into the water as soon as filming was complete on pilot part one, calling it a little symbolic moment of triumph. Oh. I love that. Art imitates life. That just makes it so special. And so, of course, you know, he's having all of these happy moments of joy, but we all know that these sad things are about to be revealed. Oh, must we discuss those? Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also said on Lastpedia, Hurley cannonballs into the water and comes out of the water to see that everything has changed. It symbolizes baptism, going down his old, like his old self dies and he rises out of the water being changed or reborn and he's, everything is completely different. Oh, um, so much. And like, just now that I'm thinking about it, I just mm-hmm. am thinking like, I appreciate that at least when we have this moment of joy that quickly changes to a very, very very dark moment like there's still meaning in it you know it's not just like Mm -hmm. the show is trying to make you feel like whiplash and like do a complete 180 it's like Mm -hmm. it's still doing it with with care you know and yeah symbolism and i don't know i just appreciate that well, it shows that everyone needs to have those more moments of just normalcy, normalcy and chill and relax, even going into something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you've yeah. got to have that moment of reset. And because he knew, he had to have known something like, oh, not everything's going to be sunshine and roses, but I'm going to allow myself just this 30 seconds just to unwind, let my mind go, and just do it. And whatever comes right. next, then I can prepare, be prepared for, you know? Right, exactly. Because you don't know what's going to happen next. And even if you know that it's going to be terrible, it's like, I could sit and wallow about how terrible this next thing is going to be. Or I could soak up what I have while it is not so terrible. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the terrible comes along. And then the terrible comes on. So we see that Desmond has made it back to shore. And on Lastpedia, it was pointed out that there's like a little bit blooper here, which is just that Hurley is completely soaked after emerging from his cannonball, um, but then suddenly dry <laughs> when he gets over <laughs> to Desmond. So that was an oops, but I'll forgive it. Island sure. magic. So Saeed asks Desmond if he's okay, which is very nice. We like Saeed. And Desmond's like, do not tell, like, tell Jack not to talk to the boat. And so he's like, well, it's too late because it's on its way and calls him Scotty, which, of course, is a reference to the Scottish engineer on Star Trek. Yet another Star Trek reference from this absolute nerd. Yes, exactly. So Hurley asks where Charlie is and everyone's just sort of like ignores him because everyone thinks that more important things are happening. Um, So Desmond's like, Naomi was lying. They're not who they say they are. And everyone just keeps sort of talking over it. Hurley asks again. Desmond says, we need to talk to Jack right now. And Juliet says, we'll call him with the walkie. Like, it's fine. Chill out. Bernard's like, what? They're not who they say they are. And then Hurley yells, where is Charlie? And it's like this moment where everyone stops and Charlie is able to have his like moment where everybody's able to like mourn in this moment. And he says, I'm so sorry. And everyone realizes that he's gone. The acting from everybody across the board is extremely good and extremely in character. So like you can see from Sawyer that he's, he's upset, but he doesn't 
really want to show it. You can see from Jin that Jin is still like sort of putting together what's going on. And Saeed is so upset that he has to walk away because if you remember, it was sort of Saeed's idea for somebody to go down there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just think that it's a great moment across the board yeah, for everybody. Very haunting. So in the next uh, scene, the satellite phone rings and Jack answers it and it's Minkowski. And you guys may remember last episode when they were talking to Minkowski, I was like, that is not that a the, the person who ends up playing Minkowski in season four. That is not his real voice. And now they have clearly casted Minkowski because that is the voice of the actor who plays Minkowski. That's the real one. That's the guy. So he says, hi, it's George Minkowski, who along with Frogert, who we recently talked about in The Missing Pieces, oh is like God. one of my favorite minor, minor characters on this show, along with also Arzd. So love that. He says, we're getting some interference on your location. Can you change some of the settings on the phone? And Jack's like, sure, that's fine. Just tell me what to do. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Just put on Naomi and she can do it. And Jack's, <laughs> I feel like Jack was like, well, I just wanted, I I'm a final surgeon so I, I can figure it out <laughs> if you if you just want to tell me what to do because she's she, she's in the bathroom right now you know like <laughs> yeah we gave her too much coffee this morning she's gonna be in there for a while <laughs> yeah oh she's not here she's getting firewood and they look over and kate notices that her body is gone and they're like what because they were all convinced she was dead obviously so ben watched it happen and didn't say anything <laughs> because did, classic ben did no one hear her like i'm sorry if i'm crawling on the right. ground i'm making noise and especially if you're, uh -huh. you know you're not and you're not moving quietly if you've got like a six inch knife wound in your back that does, that's not mm -hmm gonna feel great and there's lots of people around you're telling me nobody but ben noticed come yeah. on i will suspend my disbelief but uh you're on thin ice <laughs> but i love ben watched it happen and didn't say anything was my note and actually that's been this entire episode yep ben observes so jack just hangs up and minkowski is like uh, uh hello <laughs> hello so jack goes and yells at ben and is like where is she and ben goes huh what i i don't know so weird what happened there <laughs> Who knows? Doesn't ring a bell. I don't know. I love, like, Jack, like, winking at Ben being like, hehe, Ben, I win. And Ben has, like, his tiny moments. He's like, I'm tied to this tree, but there are still so many ways for me to rebel against this, you know? Truly. Yeah. I love that. So back on the beach, um, Sawyer's like, we should call. We should call Jack, obviously. And Saeed's like, did you hear Desmond? And he like is explaining what happened and everything. Like, like, did you hear what Desmond said? And they're skipping the scene where they just tell us what happened again. You know, like that's what the previously is for. And I just appreciate the show for not being like, didn't you hear Desmond? He and Charlie went down and then Charlie talked to Penny. And then Penny said she <laughs> did not know Naomi. And then Charlie wrote on his hand. What, you know, like, yes, it's like, we know this information thank you and then charlie didn't come back the show understands that we're not stupid yeah like we remember and that's what the previously is for and so they just skip that and sawyer says you know it sucks that charlie's dead but we don't even know what not penny's boat means he so, has a fair point in this moment he's like i need a second opinion he's like so listen yeah i feel the emotions but I don't understand what's going on. And that, yeah. he's valid for that. Well, also, like, Sawyer is like, okay, clearly this is something that is, like, has a time limit and is, like, a time sensitive and we need to, like, do it. And so this is the thing. If we call him on the walkie, then it happens immediately, which is what seems like what everybody wants to do, you know? So. He's trying his best. But Sawyer doesn't want to call Jack. And they're like, it would just warn the people on the freighter that we're suspicious of them and they're probably listening to our comms. I'm not sure how they would do that, but 
Saeed knows more about all that stuff than me, so I'll defer to him, you know? Right, right. It's like, they don't have their, maybe they just look for their frequency? I, I don't know, I don't know. So Sawyer says he doesn't care, and <laughs> he's just gonna do it. Um, But then, like I said in my summary, Hurley just makes an executive decision and says, yeet, and throws it into the sea. <laughs> and he's like, okay, let's go. And Sawyer's like, why oh. did this happen to me? Well, he doesn't even just simply just turn it off. He hucks it in the water. Like, yeah. Like, they've obviously already got their signal. They, they know like like their GPS location or like that. I'm not sure what he really thought about just hucking in the water is going to do, but I like his tactic of just, you know, like that'll solve it. Hmm, this kind of reminds me of, and I don't know if they're trying to make actual parallels or not, and maybe I'm just making this up, but it sort of reminds me of in Pilot Part 2 when Saeed has the transceiver and Saeed doesn't want, like, and Sawyer keeps being like, test it, test it. You know, especially in the polar bear scene. And Saeed's like, no, because we don't want to waste the battery or whatever. So I like that Sawyer is like, let's use the walkie. And Saeed's like, let's not use the walkie because it reminds me of the beginning of the show. Nice. So back at the radio tower, Jack is handing out torches. And Rousseau comes over, says that he, uh, that she found Naomi's trail. And she's like, she won't be any more than 10 minutes away because she's like literally like crawling. <laughs> so it, it should be pretty fast. Jack says he wants to take Ben because and Rousseau is like, why would we do that? I hate him and I don't want to look at his face anymore. He's tied to a tree. Leave him there. Yes, exactly. Right. He He's like tied just like Anthony Cooper was to yeah. whatever that was. Fully. Um, but Jack says that he doesn't trust Ben with anybody else. And so they're like, okay, Jack, guess we'll do what you want to do because classic Jack. So Jack says, okay, everyone else, head back to the beach because we want to be easy for these people to find. Claire says that he looks worried and he's like, what? I'm just worried we'll miss our opportunity. That's all. Nothing else. Don't worry about it. About Naomi or anything. So Kate comes up and she says that she found another trail. And they're like, huh? Because that's weird because Rousseau already found one. And she's like, oh, are you sure? And they're like, is somebody else bleeding? Like, are you stupid, Kate? And she's like, well, maybe she made a fake trail so that so we should obviously follow both. And Jack's like, Kate... <laughs> Six hours from now, we're going to be laughing together on a cozy ass boat about how we couldn't agree on another thing. You silly girl. Like, she's literally dying right now. She's not leaving fake trails. And yeah, no, she doesn't She doesn't yeah. have the energy nor the blood. I just think this is such a dumbass decision on Jack's part. Like, I'm really glad, obviously, for the story that, you know, Kate follows her trail that she found. But I think, like, that's so careless of Jack to be like, well, extremely. this one was found first, which means it's the real one and you're making up the blood you're finding like you know it's, it's what just, you're making he's up. he's so damn arrogant through the whole episode yeah. like where in the hell do you think they're gonna get fake blood and a fake like, to make a fake trail right. or any of this crap from there's no spirit halloween store on the island people like <laughs> right <laughs> But sounds great. <laughs> that spirit Halloween is like, we get like n- no customers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only costumes are Jacob, the mimic, <laughs> and um. Casey, spoilers, who are those people? Oh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Forget it. The only. The only... <laughs> But yeah, I just think it's crazy that Jack is just like, well, Rousseau's is the one that we found first. So you you just like, what is, what in his mind, what is Kate seeing? Nothing? Weird. Anyway, so Kate is like, okay, you're right, Jack. And you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, no, Kate, you should stand up for yourself. And you know what? She does, because she was right. 
And so I'm glad that she like follows her follows her gut and actually does it because it you know Kate is really due for a win. Back half of season three, and we talked about this every episode. And I'm sorry, Kate fans, but you ha- you have to agree she was extremely annoying for like the back half of season three. It's true, and they were writing her annoying. Exactly. You know. Well, the thing is, and- she kept like making bad decisions, and they could have wrote her. As at, well, I guess originally that's how she was supposed to be. Was like the strong lead character and stuff like that mm-hmm. before yeah. everything. Like, but I, yeah, they 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 do write her as just a not a care like a carefree, but just a oh really? I didn't know. Like you can right. track stuff, you can kill people. Like you should. Mm-hmm. Like she should have in, in, like been the leader of this entire group. You know, right. Jack's a doctor. That's yeah. it. I've had so many doctors in my life. I wouldn't be turn to them and be like, you could save me on an island. Like, you can get earwax <laughs> out of my ears. You know? Like, I would yeah. trust someone that, like, someone more like Kate than just my family doctor <laughs> if I yes. was in this situation. Yeah, that's fair. Someone who looks you know? like they've at least, like, been camping before. Exactly. Yeah. And doesn't just live in, a like, a surgery ward. Like, oh. yeah. I don't know. That's why I feel like Locke knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Because, like, did Locke actually have any, like, walkabout experience? No, but he had a case of knives, and he, <laughs> he convinced me that he did, you know? <laughs> and, and he shows that he knows how to use them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He brought back a boar, and I support him. So, for all Kate's faults, she was right this time, and I love that. So, Jack's like... Well, we'll figure it out. You, you, why don't you go with the beach people who are going to the beach? And so they hug and she, they're like, oh, be careful. And Ben once again watches and sees her steal something and doesn't say anything. And that, my friends, is a co- successful contested sleight of hand roll if this was D&D. Oh. That was fully against his passive perception. She she took it. Love it. Ever since I got into D&D, now I watch TV shows and I can point out the roles that people would have made if this was D&D instead. I love um, Because I'm mentally ill about it. <laughs> so back on the beach, Sawyer asks, what's up with Hurley? Maybe his best friend just died, James. Just just an idea. Maybe. Yeah. Did you think that he was just going to shake it off and be and, and be fine three right. minutes later? It, it, it's, yeah. it's shocking how everyone kind of seems to be just like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm," you know? Yeah. It's like Hurley's the one who's really grieving. And I think I'm pretty, I'm sure everyone is grieving in their own way, but I think a lot of them, especially like someone like Saeed and someone like Juliet, I mean, she didn't know Charlie for very long, but definitely someone like Saeed is like, there are more important things to do. And once we're on that boat, I mean, not anymore because they don't think the freighter is good anymore, but like once we're safe again, that's when, you know, I can grieve. And, you know, he's just sort of like, there's other things to deal with right now yeah like when i think back to the season three finale like when i think of like what what in my opinion was the biggest thing it's not that then them getting a hold of the freighter and it's the fact that charlie dies to me that is that's the big moment and so Mm -hmm. like if i would have watched this live back in 2000 seven going you know eight like waiting for seven months that's what i would have wanted to see is, is the reaction from people of that you know you know to me that yeah, was sure. the big moment yeah yeah completely it really made it and like the the big flash forward reveal one of the best finales for sure okay. yeah so sawyer of course doesn't want to go on a trek and he says they're gonna just be back here in the morning so if we just wait then we can warn them then and they're like oh yeah because it's smart to wait with warnings right sure yeah let's do that um so sawyer's probably like oh really okay well we could have just done it immediately if we had the walkie but somebody like threw it into the sea so 
<laughs> well, what do you want me to do? So they divide up the guns and there's like a lot more now because they took from the others who were just here. There was like 10 others, I think, like 10. And they, uh, and so they took their guns. So now they have a bunch more. So shout out to, I think, Greg Nations, who's the script supervisor who has to deal with all of the, uh, all the guns. More guns. Good luck with that. And yeah, then we have a flash forward. Skipping, skipping, skipping. All right. So we have skipped tonight. It is night now and they are walking at night. And Sawyer asks if Hurley is okay. He says, I'm fine. And he's like, well, do you want to talk about how you like lost your best friend? So it's nice that Sawyer is like, I don't know, put it together. <laughs> it's nice that Sawyer asks. But Hurley doesn't want to talk. It was really nice though, buddy. It was. It was really nice. Yeah, good for you. That's, you're taking steps forward. He, like, this is such a nice moment for him. Yeah. It's like, season one Sawyer could never. Yeah. No, he's not a very touchy-feely person. Like, like no one really likes to ask, like, how are you feeling? How's your feelings? Because it just opens up a big cameras. So I give him credit for even trying to do that. Because Hurley's, yeah. Hurley's a cry. You can't look at Hurley and not that he's a cry. Yes. Yeah, it's true. This, this is going to be a four-hour conversation, you know. So Sawyer offers to tell everyone ahead to slow down for him. And Hurley says, no, thank you. Um, It's like, it's out of kindness from Sawyer. But her, it's just like another microaggression against Hurley. You know what I mean? And then Sawyer calls him that nickname for Mexican people that isn't really proper these days. If I remember the research that I did on it when he called him that in Trisha Tanaka. So we're not going to mention it. And we don't call people that anymore. Thanks. No. But he does tell Hurley to call him if he needs him, which is really sweet. It's true. I love that. He's trying. So Hurley loses sight of everyone, is shouting for them and everything, and then he finds himself in front of the cabin. A light turns on in the cabin and we start hearing whispers. So on the whisper transcripts, which I know is everyone's favorite part, it seems to be sort of unclear what the whispers are saying from a lot of different sources. What some people have found is that you can hear names like Nikki, Desmond, Sarah, and Richard, which are obviously all characters from this show. The one that sort of sticks out to me is Sarah because mm -hmm. she was never on the <gasps> wait okay we all know that the whispers aren't really canon anyway because they were just sort of like made to be creepy but it's really fun when the whispers sort of like match up with something oh, yeah. so i know that sarah was never on the island but anna lucia went by sarah real quick because christian gave her that nickname oh at the bar yeah the bar i don't know that doesn't make any sense but anyway cool and the most interesting one to me was that it was saying it's january 7th so it's not January 7th. It's like December for like when this is actually taking place. However, that day in, in 2005, so January 7th, because we're taking place in 2004 now. And then so January would be 2005 is one of the days in the season four finale. Like this, this season takes place over like two weeks and January 7th is one of the days in the season four finale. And I can't talk about that now because it's really important, but it's a mind blower. And I'm really excited to tell you guys about it in the spoiler section. Oh, shoot. This is what this is what'll keep us awake late now. Yes, <laughs> right. So we have Jack with Rousseau and Ben, and they're like, oh weird, the trail ends here. And they're like, oh, so she just stopped bleeding here? Like, no, she must have doubled back. And Ben's like, oh, well, you better tell them that she's getting a lot of firewood then. <laughs> I love Sassy Ben. I love Michael Emerson. I love Sassy Jack and I love Sassy Ben. Yeah. So Jack's like, shut up. Okay, I'll call them. And then he's like, wait, I can't call them. And Ben's like, yeah, I was punking you so that you'd notice that the phone was gone. <laughs> he says that he saw Kate take the phone and I didn't say anything because you were mean to me before. So I didn't want to. Children. Literal children. Oh, yeah. And Ben's like, she had the right trail, too. But you wouldn't listen to her. So. <laughs> and honestly, hell yeah. Black trail ends here. What do you mean? It ends. Were you telling me that she stopped bleeding here? No. 
I'm telling you that she fooled us and doubled back. Better call the boat. Tell them she's getting a really big bundle of firewood. Okay, I probably should have told you that I saw her take the phone, but you beat me up, Jack. I owed you one. What are you talking about? Kate took it when she hugged you. She found the right trail, too, but you wouldn't listen to her, so I guess she's taken matters into her own hands. But look on the bright side, at least somebody around here knows what the hell they're doing. They start heading back and Jack sort of like pulls the rope to like hurt Ben a little bit, which she sort of deserves. And that's when we get Kate following her trail. And that's when the phone rings and she's like, crap, crap, crap. Uh, hello. And they're like, who's this? And she's like, this is Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's interesting to me that she gives her real name because she is usually giving fake names. So I think it's cool that she gives her her real name here. And they're like, okay, hi, Kate. Um, is Jack there? And she's like, no. Hi, are your parents home? Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk to the adults in the in the family, please? I'd like to speak to whoever deals with the home insurance here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, where's Naomi? And they're like, we're looking for her. And he's like, what? And Hank- Kate's like, boop, and just hangs <laughs> up on him. Honestly, tag yourself, I'm Kate. If I was George Minkowski, I'd be like, hello? People keep hanging up on me. That's the smartest thing to do, though. Instead of saying something stupid, just just, just hang up, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to get you guys rescued. But I guess it shows that she has some level of trust if she's giving them her her real name. Even though I've got to think that she does believe somewhere that this isn't that. Like, no, something's fishy here. Something's not working out. Right. Like, she always ends up believing john anyways Mm -hmm. the way i look at it but yeah like i don't know i think in and i think she's hoping that it's if nothing else it's legit like if Mm -hmm. nothing else i feel like it's at least an indication of like progress for her character that like through this entire experience she has at least learned to be like a little more trusting Mm -hmm. yeah so kate realizes that some blood is dripping on her hand and naomi somehow has climbed a tree and she dives on her from a tree and threatens her (laughs) With a knife. And I assume that was the knife that was in her back. And honestly, what a baller move from Naomi. How the hell are you going to reach that in your back? Truly. I mean, completely. I completely agree. I don't know how that happened at all. Like, it's so non-believable. But is it badass? Yes. I love it. Yes. You know? But, like, I'm just going to pull this massive knife out of my back. And then I'm going to climb this tree. Because I know she's going to come to me. I'm going to jump on her damn head. You know? Yep. Like, I (laughs) love it. You know? Does it check out, like, medically? No. Hell no. Does it check out <laughs> story-wise? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Frickin yes. <laughs> and my theory that I have down the road might be might work and might be like, no, you guys might be like, oh, Scott, that's stupid. But I also like your <laughs> your theory of that, the island heals, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Naomi asks for the phone and Kate's like, oh my God, you're hurt. Do you want me to help you? And she's like, help, I was helping you and then you killed me. And she's like, no, no. It wasn't us, it was Locke. And she's like, why did he do that? I don't even know that man. And Kate's like, so fair. We thought the same thing. Um, But he said that you're lying about who you are. So the phone rings again and she's like, please, we would never hurt you. Just please help us. So she gets the phone. She collapses onto the ground. She says, hi, George, it's me. And George is like, dude, what happened? People keep hanging up on me. (laughs) 
She's like, I had an accident. Oh, okay. What happened? I hit a tree branch when I parachuted, which is technically true. Yes. Well, why did they say that you were getting firewood? And she's like, oh, they must have been afraid to tell you until I could tell you myself. Can you change the tracking frequency? And she does it. Um, And they're like, okay, all better. Well, hang on. We're going to come save you. And she's like, George, I am dying. That's not going to happen, bud. Uh, When you get here, I will not be here. (laughs) Yeah. So tell my sister I love her, which is important. And we're going to talk about that in the spoiler section and also next episode. Um, and then Naomi dies. We lo- we lost Naomi there. You know, thought we lost her an episode ago, but... Yep, <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out. So Hurley approaches the cabin and when he looks in the window, he sees that dog painting that we saw in Man Behind the Curtain. So that's still in there. And we see a man in a rocking chair, which is where we saw Jacob in Man Behind the Curtain. And... If you care enough to look closely, you can already tell that it's Christian. And that's not a spoiler because, like, you can tell that it's him. And he is uh, credited for it. Ooh. Yeah. So no idea who this other face is, though. The one that, like, comes into the frame and it's, like, just their eye. And... Obviously, it's a theme just to, like, see the eye, but also that's the same eye that we saw in Man Behind the Curtain. So, yeah. Creepy stuff. Nice. On Lostpedia, it says, originally, Hurley was supposed to come across himself in Jacob's cabin. Interesting. But the network urged the writers to change the scene to Christian Shepherd because they were, were, were afraid it would set a precedent of weirdness. I definitely agree that would have been weirder and yeah. it also wouldn't really make sense with the with the rules that they set forth fourth later yeah and yeah i don't even know what to what i would think if hurley found across no if hurley found himself in that cabin so i'm glad that they changed it that'd be pretty weird i don't know how to explain that after the fact (laughs) yeah right so hurley runs away yelling um makes sense looks terrifying and dude just leaves his torch as you do and you can't see the fire when he turns around but it's not on fire like i he fully drops it into the foliage though Okay, that makes oh, well. sense. So he turns around and he's somehow at the cabin again. And then the door creepily opens up to him. And Hurley's like, I am not doing this. <laughs> I am not dealing with this right now. So he closes his eyes and repeats that he's like making it up and it's not there. And it's it's great. It's a great parallel to the flash forwards mm-hmm. in which he does the same thing. And it works yep. both times. However, I think that he did the same thing in Dave and it didn't work. So like growth, I think. I think he did. I feel like he didn't do it with as much uh, gusto. Uh, yeah, like as much intention, like mm-hmm. as much belief that he could control what he was seeing. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So he opens his eyes and the cabin is gone and he runs away, but then he falls over and Locke is standing there above him and Locke's like, hey, hey, bud, how's it going? And Hurley's fully screaming in his face. <laughs> I love that Locke is the scariest thing he's seen tonight. <laughs> right. And Locke's like, hey, uh, been there. Her- heard people scream in my face before. It's all good. So we see Hurley and Locke together um, and Locke's like, man, you're really lost. <laughs> hey hilarious love it and then later when they're like hurley where were you and he's like i was lost and i'm like oh you guys how many times did they use that on like the promo commercials when that season right (laughs) yeah you just piece that together a whole bunch of times so Locke's like how did you get separated from people and he's like oh i just fell behind and i'm like dude like sawyer offered to help you You didn't take it. And he's like, okay, well, why were you shouting for help? He says, I was scared. So then Locke says, are you sure not Penny's boat is what Charlie wrote? And first of all, we're once again skipping the tell the other characters what happened section. And I appreciate that because we could just be doing that over and over again and wasting our minutes that we get. We only get 42 every episode, you know? Gotta make them count. Appreciate. But also... 
how is Hurley supposed to know? Locke like, is like, are you sure that's what Charlie wrote? And he's like, I wasn't there. He wasn't there. I don't know. I, maybe. Who's to say? Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. So Hurley's like, Jack should not have called them. And Locke is like, oh, I completely agree. I, I'm so glad I found somebody who, who understands me. But it's going to be really hard to convince them that these people are bad people. So we're just going to have to try our best because if we don't, Charlie died for nothing. And I'm like, all right, babe, that was a little manipulated, Mani- yeah, manipulative. Yeah, he knew, he knew. The, a little harsh, bro. He knew the line would work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What Desmond said happened down in that station. Not Penny's boat. Are you sure that's what Charlie wrote on his hand? Jack should never have called those people. I couldn't agree more. It's going to be hard to talk them into thinking they're not coming here to rescue us. Well, we're just going to have to try our best, Hugo. Because if we can't talk them out of it, then Charlie died for nothing. Well, Charlie died for nothing if we don't do this. And Hurley's like, okay, I guess I'll turn on the waterworks for next scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So everyone meets up at the fuselage, um, which of course gives us like big pilot feelings. Oh. And um, Jack and Kate sort of talk about it at the end of the episode, but how very first episode they came here to yes. this fuselage. And this is the first time they've been back. I love that they come back yeah. to the plane. Mm-hmm. Like just the just the visual of it is so impactful. Yeah. And especially like everything about this episode and like being called the beginning of the end and like really mm-hmm. being the turning point of the series. It's just oof, so symbolic. Yeah. I love it. Good stuff. Do you guys think that Seth Norris's body is still in the trees? No. <laughs> uh no. I think someone would have think gotten that maybe hungry the weather. by now. Yeah, sure. I, I think one of them polar bears would have climbed up by now. And yeah. Right. So fair. Ha, 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 sorry, you know? Seth. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Seth. So before Hurley like shows up, Sawyer's like looking around for Hurley so nervous. And I just love that so much that he's like, oh my gosh, Hurley, where were you? Yes. I was worried about you. It was so sweet. This is a man with emotional intelligence. Okay. That is mm-hmm. growth. Yeah, so true. Locke is obviously also here and Saeed's like, what are you doing here? And Locke's like, I'm here for the same reason that you are to warn Jack about the people. And I already tried to by killing a person. Um, But maybe with your help, it'll work better because you're Saeed. And Saeed's like, oh, you want my support? (laughs) Oh, okay. Maybe you could just- You want my support, got it. Maybe you could just talk to him, you know, words. My tactic (laughs) didn't really work the last time when I tried to kill someone. (laughs) So maybe maybe we'll try your way. Saeed's like, oh yeah, we're allies for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's try your way. God, this scene is so good. It's so yes. good. I love this scene. It's pro- it's like the standout scene in this in this premiere. I think for me, it's a it's a turning point for point for the yeah. entire series. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. it like lines are drawn. Even mm-hmm. in like we'll get to it in the flash forwards, but like Hurley says, I chose wrong. Like this is clearly an indication yeah. that this is a huge moment. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that flash forward I mean, we'll talk about it in the oof, flash forwards, but oof. that flash forward when he says, I'm sorry, I chose Locke, I should have gone with you, is so like it's such yes. good writing. Yes. Yeah. Because because oof. you're like, oh my gosh, because this is this happens in the future. So you're like, what else happens? You're immediately like clinched in for the rest of the season where you're just like, well, I have to know why Hurley feels that way. Because when he leaves with Locke, he's so certain. Yes, we have to know like who's right. The man of faith Mm -hmm. or the man of science, you know? Yes. As always, that is the number one question Ah! throughout the whole series. God, I love this show. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) 
Really glad we're all here to talk about this. Yes, right. So Saeed's like, why did you blow up the sub? And before Locke can even answer, the other people start to arrive. Um, So Sun calls Jin's name in Korean as she hugs him. And Claire's just like looking around for Charlie. It's very sad. Very sad. It's very sad. Devastating. And like Sawyer's sort of looking around for someone too. And I'm going to go ahead and say it's Kate because I'm trash. Um, But I also think that it probably is. Yes. Because like he doesn't have the connection with Julia to, you know, Mm -hmm. bond with her over this reuniting moment. You know, like. Well, also he's been walking around with Juliet. Like he knows where Juliet is, you know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He's like, it's like, no, give me, give me someone new. And it's not like he's looking around for Jack like that. <laughs> he just he what? just wants someone. He just needs someone to hug by the end of this, you know, like yes, everything that they true. just went through. He just needs someone to hug. Exactly. Yeah. Man just needs a hug. Yeah. He's like, I tried to be vulnerable and I got completely shut down. Everybody else is hugging around me. Yeah. So then Rose goes and Rose gets to hug Bernard and like Claire is alone. Like we just had that scene with Rose and Son and Claire. Rose gets to reunite, Sun gets to reunite, and Claire's just walking around holding her baby Ugh, alone. It's devastating. It's devastating. And so Rose makes like a sweet little Rambo joke because he has a little bruise on his forehead. They're so cute. Um, and everyone's having all these happy reunions. Juliet hugs Alex and everything too. <gasps> it's like, hey, we relate to each other because we were both others and understand what the good side is. I feel like I just like- And under the thumb of your father. I just like yeah. never, I don't know if I never noticed or just never comprehended the Julia Alex hug. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I watched it and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they've known each other for three years, it's you true. know. Like Juliet knew Alex when she was 13. It's true. Alex, At know? first, I was like, yeah. what? Wait, why are they hugging? Oh my yeah. god, because they literally are the only people who know each other. Well, uh-huh. and- you gotta wonder, like, and I would think... Juliet, yeah, the only person who she can hug. That at some point in Alex's, in that three years, that she came and talked to her and confided in her with things, you know what I mean? Because she didn't have, like, a mother yeah. figure, anyone, or even even right. someone to complain to about her father, right? Like, that, she would have been the perfect person. Yeah, Juliet's, like, same. That's the thing, like, there may be a big bond there that we have never really seen, and this, right. this might just be some, like, hint at it, you know? Oh, I wonder yeah. if they had their own Ben support group. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Like, hello, we're being emotionally manipulated by this man. Would you like to talk about it? And they're like, yeah, I would. So we see Desmond, who's about to go and walk over to talk to Claire, oh. because he was the one who was there for the death, and he feels, res- like, not responsible, but, like, feels like the the responsibility to tell her is on him, which is a horrible job. Yeah, I, like, I really appreciate, though, that Desmond is, you know, for someone whose, like, entire character is, yeah. you know, essentially being cowardly, in this moment, he's like... yes. Great point. I will not be a coward about this. I will go and tell her what He's happened. Stepping up. Like I will step up sure. in this moment. This is how he gets back his honor. I, I was very moved by by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. His at like his willingness at least, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And I hadn't put that together until you started talking, but I, you're completely right. I didn't either until I started talking. Yeah, yeah. But so Hurley offers to do it instead because he can like, I guess, relate to Claire more about it. Like they can both cry about it instead of Desmond just like, who's also obviously sad about it. But like, you know, if Desmond did it, it would kind of just be like 
hey, I'm so sorry this happened. And Desmond would just be like standing there sadly. And then Claire would be crying. Like at least when Hurley does it, they're both crying together. And that's like a catharsis for them both at the same time. You know, they have a very similar connection to Charlie, like relationship wise. That was his best friend, right? So exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like hearing about it from a friend versus like the best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Devastating. So he goes over already crying and tells her, and, you know, they hug and cry together. And it's so sad. And I just want Jorge to take all my money. I love him so much. Jorge is so good. He deserves everything for this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it shows just how devastated he was. Like, he can't even just gather her, like, take her by the hand, take her into a corner. Like, let's sit, let's talk. It's just hammer. Like, right there, Charlie's dead. There's yeah. no there's no hesitation there's no nothing it's just because he's so distraught about it like no preamble like yeah, how right. the hell else is he supposed to tell her just be like you know that's so real too this what happened it's just charlie's dead it's he's bawling like like a terrible like not a terrible way to, to tell her but there's just no like it's just blurted right out like that's the it's, only way yeah. that's the only way you can say it exactly like, like there's yeah. no dramatic pause because like dramatic pauses are like for television but like yeah in those very human moments it's like how else do you like compose yourself and you you can't compose yourself in this moment you know no it's so raw and like i think especially for jorge who was like categorized so much like while the show was airing as like the comedic character to have Mm -hmm. this episode where he's just so like emotional and raw it was oh chills chills yeah I completely agree. And I, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but a lot of people thought that Jorge wasn't as talented as an actor yes. as everybody else because he was basically just playing a character that was himself already. And this is the scene that I always point to to show how much that's not true, you know? Right. I honestly think that it's like harder to play a character that's just like yourself. Yeah. Because you need to be able to separate those two things. Mm-hmm. And it's harder when that character is going through so much grief. It's it's harder than to separate yourself from them so i would argue that he's more talented than many people on this show. right 100 oh, yeah. percent. like he's just he's such a star especially in this episode like i just yeah. i challenge anyone who questions like his acting ability or like his purpose as a character i'm just like mm-hmm. have look at this look at yeah. this could you yeah. ever yeah like matthew fox got to play the same arrogant guy throughout the whole series where <laughs> where jorge had to play like happy-go-lucky guy then sad guy then serious guy then crazy guy then back to happy-go-lucky guy then yes to, mm-hmm. not gonna say it but spoiler time you know what i mean so yeah. it was all over the place that's so true like he on the surface it's like, who is Hurley from Lost? Oh, he's that happy guy always cracking a joke. But it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, this man has so much emotional complexity and like mm-hmm. plays so many different levels of his character throughout the series. And like, especially compared to the other characters, it's like even they didn't have like the challenge of going from like man in a mental institution to like, like, oh, no, don't. Nope. Spoiler. <laughs> forget i said that nope Mm -hmm. never mind just got carried away with my hit hit the cough button hit the cough button 
<laughs> uh, just you know, love early. That's what I was saying. And Evie's the same way. Like she got like they they kind of bounced her around on a whole bunch of different things too. From like you know, like it, well, if they would have done it right, she would have kind of played the same character throughout. But she played like the oh, like I'm just in love and I'm just gonna go follow whoever to a leader person to someone mm-hmm. committing bank robberies to everything. So she she got to be all like I don't think she gets enough credit for a lot of stuff. Like what mm-hmm. I. I, I don't follow everything that she said post in the last like couple years mm. during COVID and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of it's been like, oh geez, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that sums it up. Oh geez. Oh uh, yeah, but like in show, she was great. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So then we cut to a flash. And then we're going to come back and Jorge and, I mean, Hurley, Hurley and Claire are hugging. And, you know, she asks what happened. How did he die? And he says he was trying to save us, which I really appreciate that he wasn't like, he drowned. You know, like he he didn't say, he didn't give her the gory details. He was just like, what matters is that he was a hero. Right. And that mm-hmm. he was saving us. And I think that's what Claire is looking for, too, in that yeah. moment. Is like, mm-hmm. please tell me he didn't die for nothing, you know? Right, exactly. So everything is, like, very silent in this moment. Because, you know, everyone else who hasn't already learned it from Desmond is sort of also learning in that same moment. You know, people like Sun, people like Rose, etc. And so everyone's silent. Rousseau and Ben show up. And, okay, listen, this part, I don't know if it was played for laughs, but I always laugh when it happens. But then we get a shot of law. And then Jack just suddenly is like, flap! Like, <laughs> no idea he was there until, until like, Locke just gets, like, punched out of frame. It just makes me laugh. I'm willing to say that is purely for laughs. Yeah. It's I would because they're like sad, 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 and they're like, Thwap! it's good, funny. And everyone just watches. Locke tries to get the gun out, but then Jack takes it and like prepares it or like cocks it. And Juliet's like, Bro, hold on, bro. Because it's chill hair. Yeah. But also, like, Jack was clearly like willing to kill Locke just in front of everybody and all of his like friends and people who know him, which I don't love. Um, I don't love this in general, but Locke is like, You won't shoot me just like I wasn't gonna shoot shoot you, right? Like we remember from last episode, the finale, you know, Locke has the gun on Jack and that moment where Jack calls his bluff and Locke can't do it. At the time you thought it's because Locke like cares about Jack slash doesn't want to kill Jack. But in reality, it's because there aren't any bullets in that gun. Oops. I think that's the same gun that Sawyer had in the brig that didn't have any bullets in it. Like it was, it never had any bullets in it. And Jack pulls the trigger, which is like such a huge, huge, huge moment. Yeah. He was fully going to like, he was straight up going to murder Locke here in front of everybody. Well, and that's what I wrote down too. He was going to like first degree murder just because you don't agree with him like holy yeah. you know like what in the hell like, what in the hell is wrong with you like yeah. in front of everybody and like how are you still the hero after that I- exactly how does like mm-hmm. like it blows me away how did they not everyone else in the group go whoa guys let's just let's yeah. just like we're just gonna walk backwards and we'll just leave him here everyone run you know how did they not exile him from the group yeah. on stuff like that i know that a lot of the reason why people go with the people who do go with lock the reason why they do it is because of Charlie by for a min, for many of them. Yeah. But I also think that part of it is I just watched Jack try and kill somebody. Right. Yeah. And that scares me. The man who is 
committed to saving lives at any cost. Like, look at how long he kept Boone alive and the... Yeah, uh, and the marshal. The, yes, and look at the lengths he went to to preserve their lives. And now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you hear there's a chance you might get off this island and just lives are on the chopping block. Like, I'm... Yeah. That's concerning, you know? Yeah. But, and, and I, I think that this moment is really good. It's really good for the acting and it's really good storytelling. Oh, yeah. But I also think that it is a really good thing for Jack's character. You know, not that he is a, not that it like makes him a better person or anything, obviously, but I think it makes Jack more interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, they always said we did not write Jack to be perfect. We did not write him to be a hero all the time. We all honestly wrote him to be annoying and unlikable sometimes. And this is like a prime example of them being like, we wrote Jack to be a bad person right now yeah yeah especially in this moment like there's no coming back and like the baddest of the bad no like the baddest of the bad it's not like he just beats him up again like he full out pulls a gun and if there would have been a bullet he would have done it with no remorse you know and Locke just would be dead yeah just splatter there would have been Locke all over (laughs) do you think and I know that we already like knew that this gun didn't have any bullets in it but like do you guys think that there's part of it that part of it is that the island saved Locke oh 1000% yeah Yeah. 10,000% I could have seen something like if there would have been like a bullet in there, it would have like jammed up or something like that, right? Uh, yeah. It, no, you're Ooh. completely right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Spoilers. Um, yes. <laughs> he, he was not a sacrifice of the island demanded at this time. But I just like imagine being Locke. Like there was a gun to your head and you almost died and it was like your friend or like maybe not friend, but like your acquaintance, like somebody that you know very, very well, your adversary who almost killed you. And now not only does Locke have to grapple with that, but Jack has to grapple with that yeah Yeah. jack has to think oh my god i almost killed this man and like how much would i have regretted that and not only like now he knows that i almost killed him too because he's still around oof that is so embarrassing you go to kill someone and then you (laughs) fail it's like ooh, that person's gonna know that i definitely tried to do that (laughs) i love the idea but that's so embarrassing (laughs) <laughs> that I tried to kill you and now you're, and you're still here. Ooh, awkward. Like, like are we going to talk about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, no matter how many coffees the next day that you bring into someone, that that that, that doesn't make up for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah like, nothing sure. can, oof, just, yeah, nothing can take away this moment where Jack mm. is fully ready. Blueberry pancakes the next day don't make up for that. Yeah, no. No, yeah. no, no, no. And Terry is so amazing in that moment, like that moment where he can like he like has the realization that he almost died. Yeah. And that Jack almost straight up killed him. By Jack. You know? Gorgeous. Incredible stuff. Oof, like you can't walk back from that, bud. You yeah. gotta <clears throat> Yeah. So we flip to commercial break and then when we come back, Jack's like, Oh man, my gun didn't work. I guess I'll just continue to use my fists. I just want to hurt this man somehow. So he keeps trying to fight him and Sawyer and Saeed come and pull him off. And Jack's like, let go. Do you know what he did? And Saeed's like, yes, we we know. And Locke's like, all I did and all I have ever done is has been in all of our best interests, which kind of sounds a lot like Ben. Fully. You know, Ben Ben said to me, Kyle, on the, on the walkie, like, oh, everything I've done is because of Jacob and because of the island and not because I want to protect the island. So, you know, depends on how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. But then Jack is like, are you crazy? And Locke's like, I have a lot of explaining to do, but I never wanted to hurt any of you. I risked my life to tell you that there was a traitor. And he's talking about Juliet. And Jack's like, she was helping us, you idiot. All you did was ruin every chance we had to get off this island. You killed Naomi. And Ben, of course, is like, this is really intense. But I did have to point out, because I'm pedantic, that Naomi's not dead. 
<laughs> actually, no. Like, not the time, man. <laughs> and of course, Kate appears at the perfect moment and says, uh, yes, he did. She she is dead now. And guess what? She totally covered for us and fixed the phone. So shout out to Naomi and you killed her. So they're all on their way. Yikes. On Lostpedia, it said, Kate joining up with the rest of the group at the cockpit marks the first time that all of the living free survivors of Flight 815 have been in the same location at the same time since Live Together, Die Alone, Part 1. Wow. Yeah. I liked the point that Locke makes after this, though, where she's like, she covered for us. And she's like, she didn't cover for us. She wants her people to come here. Right. Which is a good point. And when they get here, we need to be far away from here. So I'm going to Dharmaville because the others aren't there anymore. And it's the only place that has security. So if you want to live, come with me. And Jack's like, no one's doing that because we're not stupid and crazy. And Jack is just like going, like, he's just saying anything right now, I feel like. Fully. So I'd like to tell a quick anecdote, sort of. I would love to hear it. That's all right. So I have been rewatching the show very slowly with my parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, we're doing it very slowly and, um, you know, maybe one episode a day, maybe. But we rewatched White Rabbit 105 tonight. The night right before I came to talk about this. Really great. And Jack and Locke have this conversation about how Jack is like, I feel like I'm going crazy. And Locke says, you're not because crazy people don't think they're going crazy. Crazy people think that they're becoming more sane. And I feel like that fits so perfectly into this because Jack keeps being like, you're crazy, Locke. And Locke, of course, doesn't think he's going crazy. He thinks that he's getting more sane. You know? I'm just really thankful that we rewatched White Rabbit on this exact day so that I could bring this up. I thought that it fit so perfectly into this episode. That is so true. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, again, the the man of science versus man of faith. Like, yeah. at what point do you... Mm. Lost my train of thought. No, I'm with you. That that went really fast. But yeah, no, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, yes, we get it. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, you get it. Yeah, (laughs) no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Hurley's like, actually, Jack, Charlie did all this work to save us, and it worked. He changed his mind, and the last thing he ever did was warn us that they were lying. And they're showing clips of his death, and I'm like, please. No, I saw it in previously. I don't need to see it again, please. We know we remember seven months ago. And so Hurley does this whole monologue and he says, I'm not listening to you, Jack. I'm listening to Charlie. No one's going anywhere with you, John. Because they're not crazy. He's not crazy. What about Charlie? Charlie went down to that place so we could all be rescued. Whatever he did down there, it worked. But then something must have happened. Must have hurt something before he... I don't know why, but he changed his mind. Because the last thing he did was to warn us that the people in that boat are not who they said they were. to my friend. Listening to Charlie. 
And that's like one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. Oh, this whole monologue. Of Jorge delivers it so beautifully. Of Hurley's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's so gut-wrenching. And Hurley goes to Locke. And I'm crying again. And Claire also goes to Locke. And a few other people as well. Ben says, Jack, can I please go with John? <laughs> Jack's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is such a huge loss for Jack. Like, I know, Casey, you said it, that like, he tried to kill him and it didn't work. And it's like, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. But what's actually humiliating is the fact that Jack's like, no one's going with you, Locke. <laughs> and, every, and a couple people are like, actually, I'm gonna go. Actually, points were made and I don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. Ugh, like that's the part that I feel like is humiliating. It's true. Is the fact is the fact like Jack is like no one's going with you, Locke. The absolute confidence and then realizing like oh shoot yeah maybe not. It's it's like that it's like that scene in Toy Story where Andy's holding Woody's like I don't want to play with you anymore. It's kind of like that, uh, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ugh. So Ben, Rousseau, Alex, and Carl all go with Locke, and uh, I mean that makes sense that Ben would want to, but also Rousseau and Alex like this is the only home that they know so it makes sense that they wouldn't really want to leave bernard turns to rose and says i know you never want to leave the island because of her cancer and so i will go with Locke if you want to and rose says no i'm not going with Locke." Oof. and she's like i'm not going anywhere with that man and in my mind that's because she just saw him like kill naomi or whatever but i'm also like but you're gonna go with jack who just tried to kill Locke. like i feel like there's no winning here it's true so like when the freighter comes is rose just gonna be like we're good and just stay like yeah. what what's their plan mm. i don't know I just go hide in the bushes what were you about to say kc sorry i don't know <laughs> oh, i okay. just i appreciate i don't know uh so, i guess it, uh, i really appreciate <laughs> um i i don't know it i mean rose doesn't know if she's making the right decision but i really appreciate yeah, bernard being like whatever yeah. you want to do i'm with you yeah like that mm-hmm. was just so wholesome true love well because he doesn't want to lose her at all like that's yeah. yeah so he's like what uh, whatever path you choose i'm with you 100 percent, and that's just i think that's that's love i mean we saw the lengths that he would go to to keep her safe yes. you know and i think the best part about them is they're the most bickery couple couple out of everyone in the entire mm-hmm. show they're the most relatable <laughs> like like yep. honest couple in the whole show and that's that's why i like them the most you know what i mean mm-hmm. they bicker they bitch but he would do anything like yeah i'll play survivor with you for essentially sure. for the rest of our lives yeah i love that he's like i don't need to see the rest of my family ever again as long as i have you yep i love that he just trusts rose's judgment like mm-hmm. it's it's not only just like i love you so much i will do anything to be with you even at the cost of myself it's like i also think he really trusts like that rose will make the right decision for herself and ultimately both of them you know that's a good point like you don't see him being like well rose based on what you said previously it sounds like we're going with Locke. he says whatever you want to do i will follow right exactly so then we have an incredible moment where sawyer turns to go with Locke. And Kate's like, what are you doing? Which I think is really interesting because, like, yeah, because Sawyer's friends with Jack? Not really. Like, what what made Kate think that Sawyer was going to stay? I don't know. I thought that was interesting. But then Sawyer's, of course, like, I'm surviving. Iconic. And he calls her Kate. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Not surviving. 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 Oh, it's such a good moment. I love that moment. I I watch with the captions on. Surviving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I love that moment. And um, that's when it starts to rain, of course. And Locke says, you know where we'll be when you change your mind. And the confidence to say when and not if, Mm -hmm. that's good stuff. But also, 
Also, please don't tell the freighter people where we'll be. Because <laughs> I know you guys are all going to know. And when they get here, please don't tell them. We're hiding. Thank you. Bye. And then the camp, the camp splits. And... The world will never be the same. same. Yep. And we have one last scene in the island storyline. So Jack and Kate are still at the fuselage, um, which I think is kind of weird. Like, where's everybody else? (laughs) Did everybody else go to the beach and you just stayed? Like, what happened there? But of course, they're thinking of Charlie because they were there with him in the pilot. And Jack says it feels like 100 years ago. They hear some loud noises above. Kate thinks thunder. But Jack is like, no, it's not. It's a helicopter. And they've got that giant light going out. We see someone parachute out and he takes off the helmet and it's this man. And he goes, oh my God, Robin, who is it? Who is it? I know. And he goes, are you Jack? (laughs) My son! That's that's my son. Anybody who hasn't seen the show yet, this is your your first episode seeing this man. I just wanted to tell you guys that this is one of my favorite characters. He's in my like top three favorite characters. And I have this collector's item that is the Daniel Faraday bobblehead. Oh, um, <laughs> I love Daniel Faraday. My Tumblr is at Faraday with two Fs. <laughs> I huge Faraday fan over here. I cannot believe, spoiler alert, that you did not choose Are You Jack as your favorite line award. As my favorite line award. That's so fair. There were a couple funny ones that I want. Maybe I'll give that as my maybe I'll give that as my honor. Cannot believe. I I love his cadence the way he's the way he speaks. Like me too. You know? It's yeah. He's the best. And like, no spoilers for anyone if if this is your first time seeing him or whatever. But I just wanted to say that I headcanon him so deeply as ace, as asexual. And it checks out so hard. And it yeah. totally checks out. And so if you guys want to keep watching him um on this show with that lens, I would love that. <gasps> so I just, that's why I wanted to tell you guys. New that. segment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <gasps> yes. Asexual Faraday? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Asexual Faraday? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, you, you, your, your voice has got to go up at the very end of that is the question. Yeah. Daniel Faraday? No. Yeah. But what? when I had Asexual Monty, question mark, question mark, question mark, on the 100 podcast, and that one got messed up. And then on Riverdale podcast, I had Asexual Jughead, question mark, question mark, question mark, and that one got messed up. This one, I have already seen this show and I know that it doesn't get messed up. So we are doing it. You are confident that it yeah. will not get messed up. Let's do it. I just... I have very distinct memories of everything that Robin told me to look out for and like Mm -hmm. conversed with me after seeing when I watched Lost for the first time and the anticipation of this moment of Faraday parachuting down and hearing the line of are you Jack like that Mm -hmm. is just ingrained in my mind as like a peak Lost moment you know and I think I'm worried that I'm like (laughs) that we're building him up too much because he's genuinely just like a guy who's here on the island kind of but i just love him so much he's so precious and it's like so sweet if your instinct is to be like he's just a baby oh my god i love this guy that's the right instinct you're right there's nothing wrong no not at all and like yeah like there's a lot of spoilers there are no mysteries to be had about this man Um... no there's a lot of spoiler (laughs) stuff with him but there's also like my heart goes out to him so many times in this show yes he's an extremely fascinating character he is and also just extremely lovable with a necktie you guys will see next uh, yeah he wears a necktie the whole time when he's on his island it's like dude take it off okay that that wasn't a spoiler casey did robin did robin like preempt you into every episode or did she just say hey over the next three episodes like Um, you gotta watch over this or how did it go i I can't remember but i i feel like it was like gen like general chunks of episodes like Mm -hmm. maybe like in four like increments like oh okay yeah I can't remember exactly, but I, oh my God, I have like very, some very specific moments that I'm like, Robin, it, 
like, yeah, his like first line is, are you Jack? And like my Tumblr blog, like, you know how you can give your Tumblr blog uh, like a title? Yeah. So my Tumblr is at Faraday with two Fs. Um, and my blog title is Are You Jack? Oh, maybe that's why it sticks out in my head so much. Maybe. Yeah. But the last thing I wanted to say right before we before we get into um we take a little break and we get to the flash forwards, um, is that I just wanted to give just the biggest shout out to this show and these writers because every season you think, oh, there can't be any new characters on this isolated island. And every freaking season they bring in new characters and it's totally organic and makes complete sense yes. every single time. Yeah. Every season. Yeah, like when they brought every season it makes full sense when they brought juliet someone's in the hatch yeah they, they the others they've all felt these people like, like they were there from the beginning yeah it makes total sense and i just want to say welcome to faraday because i love him so much yeah yeah like when i think back of like what after i finished the whole show i don't think of him as someone that came like halfway through he's just one of those yeah he feels like he had been there the whole time right yeah. especially with like juliet juliet and desmond those two feel like episode one they, they were there right oh no we got them exactly sure. we got them part way through like and i still mm-hmm. loved them just as and much ben. as everybody and ben well that he's he will he will go down as my favorite character in any television show yeah but yeah and he like he didn't come in till halfway through season two or eight. i don't know i can't remember which episode but that's yeah. so true no it was you're right And I think that like that just speaks to how well this show writes its characters is like it knows how to provide the story for its characters where like you can be like where was this character five years ago oh I know exactly where they were you know it's not just oh you you just appeared now you're here yeah and if people were more open to change Nikki and Pablo would still be around too but no no one could have accepted them (laughs) yeah right (laughs) So before we go into flashes here, we're going to really quickly talk to you about Patreon, um, which is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. We'd really appreciate your help if you have the means to do so. Uh, the $1 level, $1 a month uh, is early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance. You got a whole week to listen to it before anybody else. $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off at multiple small businesses, including mine, Brittany's, and Casey's. Um, so we'd really appreciate it if you check those out. Even if you can't help us out on Patreon, check out our small businesses. Um, and the $10 level is our Patreon-only podcast. And that's about 45 minutes every two weeks. And we just talk about whatever we feel like it. And it's great. And update people on our lives. But yeah, Scott, you're a Patreon sponsor. I am. Yeah, well, I do it I do it for the postcard. So oh, yeah. I do it for the postcard. <laughs> I do it for I do it for oh the postcard. Gosh. And the one year you guys did stickers, my oldest son, he loved those. So I, yep. he got all those and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yeah. It's weird to think like Brittany hasn't even started making the, the postcard when we're recording this. So yeah. like it's weird to think that when this comes out, people will have gotten the six year postcard. Yeah. Um six years? The six year postcard. And I oh didn't God. talk about it on the last podcast podcast at all <laughs> I, I i so sorry you guys i can't believe you guys have been doing it that it has been that long because like i remember when I, know. I found you guys like god it sounds so funny hmm. when i found you and stuff <laughs> like that but I, yeah it was probably like five years ago mm-hmm. that's insane that's so uh, good weird. good for you guys like like honestly like that's so Thanks. cool that you guys have done this for that long you know what I it mean? truly feels like an accomplishment i don't know what i would do without podcasting now it's yeah. like truly a part of my personality and a part of my like such a huge part of my identity mm-hmm. so i don't yeah. know what i would do without hearing you podcast well that's i mean us podcasting is how i met both of you yeah 
Precisely. That's when the hundred was good. Remember that? I remember. <laughs> yeah. Good, good time. Oh, God. Become a patron. Yeah. Yeah. Please, just if you have the means, if you don't, no worries. Maybe check out our small businesses. That'd be great. And if not, just recommend us to a friend because that's free. And, you know, you can say, hey, if you haven't seen Lost before, maybe check out Lost. I mean, I assume people who are listening to this love it. So get your friends to watch it and tell them that they don't need to have seen the whole show to listen to the podcast. Spoiler free. And there's new people every day that are finding that show because of Disney+. Plus. We got to shout that out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's not one of those shows that has just disappeared. Disney Plus Canada that is Disney Plus Canada yes oh no I'm so sorry sorry about that me still having to watch it with commercials on Hulu it's mm. fine bonk I'll accept it <laughs> hey without that I'd be digging out my Blu-rays so <laughs> exactly yeah no it's true I know I have the DVDs and the Blu-rays yeah. but it's like how much is it? it's like what's more work watching some commercials or getting my DVD player to work oh so, exactly I will take commercials yeah. well and our box sets Robin are so bloody big because you and me have that big deluxe one that's thing weighs uh-huh. like 10 pounds so i know it's huge i'm looking right at it yeah. <laughs> but let's get started on the flashes here you guys and uh casey did the uh did the summary for it i sure did you 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 may be accustomed to these being the flash backwards <laughs> flash no flashbacks flashbacks oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flash backwards it is 11 57 p.m i am mm-hmm. tired but these are are more adequately titled flash forwards if you will wow we open with a gorgeous pile of uh, papayas mangoes some kind of tropical fruit all is calm until a red camaro in the middle of a police chase strucks through the pile (laughs) in a room where the chase is being televised we see jack watching with concern as he makes himself an extra strong screwdriver the car crashes and is surrounded by police and it's revealed that hurley is the driver as he is arrested he shouts do you know who i am i'm one of the oceanic six Hmm, wonder what that's about sorry i've been watching so much drag race recently that like just i have (laughs) the rupaul voice in my head and you can thank you hurley is interrogated by hey that guy looks familiar a detective named mike walton he shows hurley a security tape of himself in a convenience store where when hurley was checking out he appears to have seen something that disturbed him before frantically running away mike states that he doesn't care about hurley's celebrity status but hurley says he's not a celebrity mike says he knew someone on Oceanic Flight 815, Ana Lucia Cortez, who was his partner. You might remember her name. He inquires about whether Hurley knew her, but Hurley says no. After Mike leaves the room, Hurley has a vision of Charlie underwater placing his hand against the one-way glass with the words, they need you, written on his palm before shattering the glass. Hurley begins pounding on the door and screaming, and when Mike comes back in, he threatens to put Hurley in the nut house, to which Hurley responds with relief and gratitude. Next, we see Hurley back as a patient at the Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute. He is visited by a mysterious man named Matthew Abaddon, who says he's an attorney for Oceanic Airlines. He offers Hurley more luxurious accommodations than Santa Rosa, but Hurley says he's fine where he is and becomes suspicious of Abaddon. Abaddon asks if quote-unquote they are still alive which sends Hurley into a panic as he calls for help and claims he is after him. Later we see Hurley sitting outside painting when another patient walks by Hurley and tells him someone is staring at him. Hurley looks up and sees Charlie who assures Hurley that everything is okay and there's no need to run away like before. It turns out Charlie is what Hurley saw in the convenience store. Hurley thinks he's going crazy but Charlie 
Charlie insists that while he is dead, he is also there with Hurley and slaps him to prove it. The two sit down and Hurley asks if Char- if Charlie, oh my God, sorry. <laughs> Not Charlie. <laughs> cha- if Charlie. <laughs> Don't speak <clears throat> ill of the dead, Casey. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the two sit down and Hurley asks if Charlie knew he was going to die and why he didn't tell him. Charlie explains he didn't want to cause Hurley distress and that he also knows Hurley is hiding from something he has to do now. Hurley covers his ears and closes his eyes and wishes Charlie away as Charlie pleads with Hurley not to do this and that he's needed. Lastly, Jack visits Hurley. The two of them play a round of horse while talking about what one another has been up to and Hurley breaks the ice when he asks Jack what he's really doing there. He assumes Jack is there to assess his sanity and whether or not he would quote-unquote as Jack leaves, Hurley apologizes for going with Locke and says that he should have stayed with Jack. He says that he thinks, quote unquote, it wants him back. And although Jack asserts they're never going back, Hurley says, never say never. Dude. That was rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am so sorry. It's officially. I, but oh, these flashes are so good. It is 12.01 a.m. Okay. I'm, it is okay. It's hidden. Okay. All right. We got through it. Here we go. So. We start with that pile of fruit in front of the ocean and you're like, oh my gosh, we're on the island. But no, we're not because it just got hit by a car. And you know what? Damn, what a cold open. Yeah. You know? Very much. It gave me, um... They really said, we're not, we're not, we're not messing around. It gave me, uh, the other 48 day vibes. Mm. Like, oh yeah. Calm, serene island. And then silence, right? Silence, stillness, and then mayhem. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Yes. Are they mangoes? Are they papayas? What are they? They said it in the Lost on Location. Oh, did they? Yes, but I didn't write it down. Mm, It's something. But it's one of those two. Probably papayas. I feel like mangoes are more round. Maybe. I don't know. This is really cool, though, because what they did for the last two season, like, openers was, oh, look, we are not on the island. Psych, we're on the island. And this one's cool because it's like, oh, look, we're on the island. Psych, we're not on the island. So it's it's really cool. Love that. Well, And what I like is we have no idea what the time frame is in this. Yes. We have no idea. We have to wait for them to tell us. Yeah. For sure. It's true. And even like with the end conversation, I mean, majorly skipping ahead, but even with (laughs) the end conversation, I just remember watching like season four for the first time. I still Mm -hmm. never quite knew like what exactly was going on with the, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, flash forwards. I'm like, right. where is this taking place? Did this actually take place? What's the deal? What I love about the flash forwards is that they are enjoyed, maybe not enjoyed best, but like enjoyed immensely in a different way upon rewatch. Like oh, we always say this show is- 1000%. Is rewatchable forever and yes. stuff and everything, right? But like the first time you watch it to the second time you watch it, the difference is insane. Huge. Like they're writing this show for you to rewatch it. And it's so smart. That is so smart. That is the way television needs to be written. Mm-hmm. You want to have all your episodes that you have worked like a thousand hours on watched once and then forgotten? Right. No, you want them watched forever and ever. And that's exactly what Lost does with every single yeah. episode. Well, especially for things like we find out like later, later, later on. And when you piece together like, oh, oh my God. Like this yes. is always, I've, I've always said like Lost, like Lost 
Prison Break, The Leftovers, Breaking Bad. Like, I would love to have the Men in Black flashy thing to wipe my memory so I can go back and watch it fresh again. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, Lost is one of those that it rewatches not better the first than the first time you watched it, but you get more out of it the second, the third time, and in different ways. In a- Every time, yeah. And in really, really good ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's like, well, they're also trying to like keep you interested and like immediately grab you because you're just like, I need to keep watching so that I can figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet they make it so layered that like mm-hmm. there, there are so many different answers, you know, and yeah, just so much, so much nuance you know, and just shows these days aren't written with that same care and attention. Some are very few and far between, but for the most part, it's just like, especially with streaming shows, it's just you're ending with cliffhangers, hoping for audience engagement, and then okay, your season ends, what then? And that's why the majority of like shows these days are cancelled after three seasons, you know? It's like you you played out all your tricks. Well, and they're, and they're so written now for, for people to binge them. Them, except for between that season exactly exactly except for those season finales where they know that people are going to be waiting a year to sometimes three damn years for it to come mm-hmm. back but there's no yeah. there's no cliffhanger at the end of one episode like oh they're gonna have to wait three weeks right. and where you're just sitting there sorry just shitting bricks like oh my god what the hell is gonna happen like i remember feeling right. like that was it with uh, prison break season one and then the entire time through this although i i did binge the show like i came in on i came in late on lost like completely mm-hmm. but it's still I, I i stretched it out almost two months i tried <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, i, I would have i wish that i could have had like the experience of stretching it out over six years right you know what i mean to theorize over the summers and stuff like that like everybody else got to yeah i feel like stranger things is the only show that's been able to like crack the binge watching code you know Mm -hmm. where like it is made to be bingeable but also you're willing to wait three years for the next episode you know but like yeah and people are still interested exactly but like that is the point zero 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 one percent of shows you know there are so many shows that i watched the first season and i was like that was good and then season two came out two years later and i just haven't gotten around to it exactly it's like you know but i don't remember anything that happened you can never find me missing a stranger things yeah Yeah. stranger things ozark Mm. ozark got me because i started that show Mm. right from the moment it started ozark was very very good for that i've heard Mm -hmm. i've heard really great things about that i've been meaning to watch it in westworld the first couple of seasons it lost me i know joe would would get mad at me and say you get back on there you finish that you finish that series you don't give up on it but the first two seasons was like that with me where i was just like i I gotta see the next i gotta see the next you know yeah but so the backdrop that we thought was the island was actually like a facade on the side of a produce truck (laughs) which is great (laughs) and this car is being chased by the police um, then we see somebody, who knows who it is. Who could it be? Watching it on the news. We can't tell who it is yet. They pour some orange juice while watching. No pulp, respect. And then some alcohol. And we see the Jack. This is basically Jack beginning to drink before the flash forwards that we saw. And I like that they're sort of like peppering that in. Sort of showing us like we can see based on Jack's facial hair where we are in relation to those flash forwards. The only other flash forwards that we've seen. Right. So we know that it happens, you know, in between those two things. Mm -hmm. In between the island storyline right now 
and Jack's flash forwards from the finale. And so we're looking and we're watching Action 8 News. So first of all, 8, but also that is the same news network that Trisha Tanaka worked at. Oh my God. I did, I never picked that up. Yeah. And um, on the news says that the chase has been going on for half an hour. Um, they don't have any info on who's driving. Jeff, the reporter, says that it started near La Brea and then to a warehouse south of the 10 freeway. And it looks like it's just the one driver in the vehicle, no one else. Uh, Not sure if he owns the car or if he stole it, but it looks like it's a vintage early 70s Camaro. So at this point, we should now be able to, uh, an audience member who's paying attention to the whole show should now be able to put together that this is likely Hurley. I do not put that together. (laughs) I know nothing about cars, so I was just like- Just because we had seen, he had- Red car. I don't know who's driving this. Well, he was building the Camaro with his dad, and we ha- we have seen the car before. This is true. If you have In brain cells, you would connect this. <laughs> but that but that makes it extra sad that he crashes it. You know? Oh yeah, that's the one he was working on with his dad. And um, maybe it's symbolic though. Yeah, and so the, the the loss on location for this episode is entirely this scene of like the stunts and doing the crash and everything. Um, and of course there was a stunt driver doing all of this for Jorge. Jack is able to put it together who it is just by the car and he's just like shoot um and he imagine seeing the news and this high-speed chase is your friend which (laughs) is so funny yikes but it also immediately tells us that this is the future and that this is a flash forward because jack knows hurley already yeah which is how we knew it was a flash forward before with jack knowing who kate was it's worth noting that jack can't get through breakfast without having without getting on the sauce already yes And also it's interesting because this is the third season premiere in a row that follows a character's morning routine. So we saw Desmond's and we saw Juliet's and now we're seeing Jack as well. This is why we have you here. You are our captain to detail. It's true. Yes, well, uh, shout out. I get a lot of these from from Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. We would be lost. Uh But it also points out that like, even though this first flash forward is about Hurley, it does cut to Jack's perspective first before we get to Hurley. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, I don't know, every season premiere is Jack, (laughs) you know. But I wanted to say that the hard cut from Jack going, damn it. To, like, just the chase is very good. And I think it was very funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the car gets surrounded and it crashes. And it said on Lostpedia, Hurley crashes his Camaro into a parking lot full of mirrors. So that's a lot of years of bad luck. But also, somebody else pointed out on Lostpedia that last episode was called Through the Looking Glass. And Hurley is crashing his Camaro through all of these looking glasses. Wow. Symbolism. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if they planned that one or if they were just like, this will be funny because it's bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then people are like, oh, but what about this? And they're like, we totally meant to do that. Yeah. So the police run out with guns and... What a coincidence. Look who works here at this store. It's freaking Randy with a video camera. Oh my God. I didn't even notice Randy. Yeah. Fully Randy. So Hurley rolls down his window and shows his hands. He opens the door and gets out and you know, that it's the reveal. <gasps> it's Hurley. And he also has on his t-shirt, it says the phrase bad luck, which is of course funny that Hurley would wear that knowing that he is like Mr. Bad Luck. So that's when he starts to, he tries to run, but then gets pinned to a wall. I know why he's running in the first place, you know, because of seeing Charlie in the store and everything. But I don't know why he thinks he can get away now. No. Mm-hmm. Unclear. Everybody has guns on you. I mean, before, like, in season one, he was like, I'm spry. So maybe he thinks he's spry enough to get away. Who knows? But I certainly wouldn't have tried to get away. That still goes down as one of <laughs> Hurley's point. greatest lines throughout the whole series. Is, I'm yeah. spry. I can do it. I'm spry. Yeah. Yeah. I can make it. Hurley, don't move. No. I can get out of the way. I'm spry. And so he's like, don't you know who I am? 
I'm one of the Oceanic Six. Incredible reveal. Okay. Yeah. This is literally the first scene of the entire season and they immediately have the audience like, what is that? What does that mean? What's going on? So at that point, we can only assume that only six of them made it off the island, you know? But we're already, they've grasped us already because how did that happen? Because all of them were there at the radio tower. There were a whole bunch of them with Jack. So how are there only six of them made off the island? And we only know Jack, Kate, and Hurley so far. Ooh, I remember when I was first watching, you were like mm-hmm. asking me, who do you think the six are? Yeah. I oh, I, don't, I don't remember who I said, but I feel like I was very conflicted. <laughs> well, there's one, and no spoilers, obviously, but there's one member of the Oceanic Six that people always like, they never think of. Wait, who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of it. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. N- nobody ever considers that person. So... I just think that that's so interesting that like everybody's guesses are always are always off because no one ever considers that person. That is so true. Yeah. So we cut to Hurley being interviewed by the police and we're looking at CCTV footage of him in a convenience store. The other fun fact for um, the beginning of this episode that uh, we considered was what is like your go to thing that you buy from a convenience store? I will tell you. So What about you guys? Mm-hmm. Jalapeno cheddar cheese. Uh, Cheetos. Okay. Every time. I love spicy crunchy jalapeno cheddar Cheetos. I love that for you. That's a good answer. Me, when I can find it, payday bars. That is my... They're hard to find up in Canada. I don't think I've ever had one. Oh my god. It's a (gasps) ball... It's like a ballpark in a in a candy bar it's just a bar of caramel wrapped okay i definitely have to try it if i find it wrapped in peanuts it's the greatest thing in the world oh yes right well next time i see one i'm definitely gonna get one robin what's yours that and mounds and mounds of fisherman's friends because that's the only time i go there is when i'm sick (laughs) yeah oh my god so i would say now i usually just get like um i don't know if you guys have these in the united states but we have something called a like a polar pop which is basically like um you can just get a large a large pop or a large soda i used to get slurpees but now i just get polar pops which is so i just get a very 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 large iced tea for not very much money oh we definitely have those but they're definitely not Mm. called as fancy as polar pops that's so (laughs) nice hey on a side Side note, talking about Slurpees, have you ever had a screamer? Yes. A well, what? I used to make screamers when I worked in the concessions at my, in like my hometown. Um, oh my I would God. Make Explain. People would order Explain. Them. It's um, like a Slurpee with, uh, with ice cream in it. Yeah. <gasps> okay. I worked at an ice cream shop and I used to make it's those. Like, it's like a float, yeah. but like on, on Coke. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. When I worked at an ice cream shop, we would make both we could make like root beer floats were which uh like you know just classic root beer you pour in the root beer and then ice cream on top you could blend it and then also we had a slushy machine so you could do slushy flavors with mm-hmm. ice cream yes i okay the name of what we call those has been on the tip of my tongue for like three months because this conversation came up not too long ago but i can't mm-hmm. remember what we called them and we called them something that was like so highly desirable <laughs> that like <laughs> anytime i heard the phrase i was like oh yeah i want one of those and i can't remember well is it like if you look up the the website to the place where you worked oh yeah no both of you to assume they had a website no gotcha no i i cannot remember what we called them like something freezes something something freeze something swirl i google slurpee and ice cream i i don't know i don't know what we called them but like slushy swirled with ice cream and they were so good and i would always make myself um a 
pineapple one with vanilla ice cream. Cannot remember what we called them. Is it Arctic Freeze? Uh, maybe something like that. Like a, like a apparently Dairy Queen has those. Like a, a, a some. It's literally on the tip of my tongue. I worked at this place for three years and I can't remember what they were called. I'm, um, all I'm seeing is Screamer when I Google it. Which maybe is like a like so a. We call it up in the Canadas with the candy bars and the chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. Like a. It was a something freeze or a something ice. I I don't know. Well, let me know. Let me know if you think. Of if it. if I find out, I will let you know because it's been this conversation came up not too long ago and it's been driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, when I was in middle school, I sometimes I would walk home and there was a Seven Eleven on the way home, and so me and my friends would stop and I would get a bottle of iced tea and a um thing of the crunchy Cheetos. Like the original Cheetos, but I don't yep, don't like good. the puffs. I only like the crunchy ones. Good. And then by the time I got home, I would be finished both. Amazing. That that was not at all healthy, and I probably never finished my dinner. Like I don't know why I did that, but anyway, that's what I always get from. And then I guess you, poor Casey, you don't know the 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 the, <laughs> uh, the awesomeness of Hawkins cheesies down there in the states. So I don't even know what that is. Tell me about it. Oh, see. Yeah. The the awesomeness is debatable because I hate them. I think they're <gasps> horrible. My my wife would live off them if she could. It the sodium yeah. intake on though is like your year your year worth right there. I know that Sam really likes them. To me, they taste stale at all times. Yeah, me, I'm a nacho cheese one, but yeah, the the Hawkins mm. cheesies that's like the go to at the at the Seven Elevens up here. Ooh. Yeah. I will say, so we don't have them in New England where I live, but in, I don't know, at least like south of New England, possibly elsewhere. I don't really know. I don't know America. There is a gas station called Wawa. Mm -hmm. It's like a luxury gas station. (laughs) They have everything you can imagine. Subs, like sandwiches, slushies, absolutely everything. And um, a lot of my family is from New Jersey. So whenever we go down to New Jersey, we stop at a Wawa. Obsessed. I mean, (laughs) they should be worldwide. If you know a Wawa, tell me about it. (laughs) They're they're just incredible. That's a t-shirt right there. You know the Wawa. Incredible. You step into one and you're like, I'm in heaven. Do you know the Wawa? Do you know the Wawa, man? And um, I just... Again, a very distinct like childhood memory. My cousin from New Jersey would always sing the theme song for their hoagie fest because that's something they have. Their what now? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. And anytime we would go camping with him, he would sing, it's the hoagie fest at the Wawa. I could not relate. Is that it? I could <laughs> not partake. That, that's the whole jingle. And I was just like, give me a hoagie. Tell yeah. me about the fest. I don't know any other details. Please. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's just like an innate childhood memory. The hoagie fest at the Wawa that I never got to. It's the hoagie fest at the Wawa. Exactly. And I never went to it. I've never had a hoagie Wawa. A Wawa hoagie. I've never had a Wawa hoagie. <laughs> does it make you say, wah, wah? Yeah, I would say it does. Okay, great. But I don't know because I've never had one. Anyway. Okay, so 
We see CCTV footage of Hurley in a convenience store. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Yes. This is why we allow for up to three hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Jorge said in the commentary that this was actually his first day of work on season four was doing the um, the footage of him in the convenience store. The detective that we have here, who was Anna's partner, who we saw in Anna's episode or her first one, Mike Walton, as Casey said, he's like, so this video that we have of you is five minutes before you started speeding away and made us chase you. You're literally just chilling in the store and then you see something and freak out. So you need to tell me what made you run? What did you see? And he's like, nothing. Wasn't running away from anyone. I'm just weird like that. And to be honest, once we learn later this episode what it was that he was running from, I completely understand this reaction. Yes. (laughs) Makes complete sense to me. And so Mike is like, just so you know, I don't care that you're a celebrity. And Hurley's like, I'm not a celebrity. And he's like, really cool because you kept shouting about what you're famous for. So that really feels like somebody who values their celebrity. But guess what? I actually knew someone on the plane, Ana Lucia Cortez. She was my partner before I became a detective. And he says that she was gorgeous. She was beautiful, which like, okay, we just got a, you know, not preemptive, like the opposite, like way, way, way far in the future, we get confirmation that like he liked her. Those are some details. Mm -hmm. And now you can like go back and watch those episodes with that lens, which is really cool. I don't know that I want to. Okay. A cab. You don't have to. Anyway. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. So he's like, did you know her? And he says, no, I never met her. And of course, as you're watching this for the first time, you're wondering why he wouldn't say something. You know, it would bring this man some peace to know that like he knew her or something, you know? And you just have to like promise uh, that there's a reason. And we see that throughout the flashes. And I also think that this is one of the reasons that Hurley like pleads to Jack in the basketball scene for them to stop lying. Because I think Hurley would love to like tell this guy about Anna and make him feel better. And Hurley would love to stop lying, but right. he can't. Yeah, it's like you you don't fully know what's going on, but you just know that like Hurley's being forced to like repress something, you know? Yeah, so he goes, okie dokie, well, just watch this tape, I guess. I'm getting a donut, haha, <laughs> cop donut. But He's like, Hurley, do you want a donut? And Hurley says no, which I can't relate to because I always want a donut. I will always accept a donut. Thank you. Yeah. What's your guys' favorite donut? <sighs> Maple frosted. Great choice. I like the chocolate glaze. Apple Ooh. fritter. Apple. It's like a chocolate donut with the glaze. Apple fritter from Krispy Kreme's because they actually put Ooh, big chunks nice. of apple. Ugh. It's like an apple pie. I know that it is blasphemy because as a Canadian, obviously, uh, you know, Tim Hortons, but there's a Krispy Kreme in BC that we would occasionally drive all the way to Delta Four. You bet. And it was so delicious. It's funny, me and the wife, we were coming home with our kids and we were, I was like, they were sleeping in the car. I'm like, hey, we're in Delta. Like, let's pull over. So we pull over. <laughs> I get back. I get into the car. They've all woken up. I was like, yeah! we had to go back in and get more (laughs) now i have to buy them all donuts (laughs) now i have to buy them all donuts so yeah so good so he's like when i get back you gotta tell me the truth so hurley watches that video and he sort of like looks in like the mirrored wall there and it sort of becomes an underwater window and you see this hooded man who clearly looks like charlie swim and put his hand to the glass so you know i guess either desmond must have told him the exact details right about him like writing it on his hand and everything which i think is confirmed in the island storyline so the thing that's written on his hand casey you had was they need you right yes and also i had zero recollection of this scene really this was like watching it for the first time i had no wow. idea this happened i i don't I know that. why my mind just blocked it out i swear i've never seen this before mandela right. effect maybe 
I don't know. Yeah. Well, so he starts getting like this, that they need you thing, which is like, you know, Charlie says that like, that's the thing that he was trying to tell him in the store. And it's what he tries to tell him when he comes to see him at Santa Rosa, which from what I can tell are like maybe a month apart, you know? Like, how long was he at Santa Rosa before? Yeah, it doesn't seem like... It seems like he was there for a while. Like, very long. Yeah. The glass smashes, the room starts flooding, and Hurley obviously starts freaking out. He's like, help, I'm gonna drown. Mike comes back in and everything is normal. And he's like, are you trying to go to a mental hospital? Like, I can send you to a mental hospital. And Hurley's like, bro. (laughs) Yes, please. I would love to go to a mental hospital. Thank you. Which is, like, lovely, I think. Yeah, he's like, please, God, anything but this. Yeah. Please. So, smash cut, we are at the mental hospital. And Hurley's playing Connect Four, which he has done in the past in his flashbacks. Um, And of course, it's it's Connect Four. And he's like, oh, you almost won that time. Best of seven, which means that he has won three consecutive games <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> and, you know, he takes his meds immediately, no problem. And Jorge says in the commentary that it's the same nurse from last time they shot there, which is really cool that they keep those background actors really consistent Ooh, that is very nice it's another point in their in their favor um like he even like knew her name and remembered the actress's name which was really lovely to know that like he's been paying attention and so kind and i also wanted to say that him being able to just like throw back his meds like that is like such growth from the whole dave debacle and everything that happened with dave being like don't take your meds and then really wouldn't take his meds and so it's just nice to see that he's taking them now and that he's grown from that one i think if he would have had more time in between the car accident and when he got arrested he would have just gone to commit it himself you know what i mean yeah oh i i agree yeah because i think that's what he did the first time if i'm not i think i'm right on that but yeah i think it was oh i'm here yeah please just like if not i'm putting myself in one like he knows that's right. the thing with hurley is he knows his limits yeah you know, he's not yeah. afraid to just be like I-, I need to go there i need to chill out but yeah yeah so he has a visitor and we see matthew abaddon so there are a couple of references here especially to the bible so abaddon is the name for the angel of the abyss in revelation this angel does the work of god in binding satan and hurling him into the abyss Abaddon means destroyer or destruction in Hebrew. More precisely, this name comes from a Hebrew root word, which means lost. Well, so that's where Abaddon came from. A little more obvious, why don't you? And it also said, as Abaddon sits at the chessboard while when visiting Hurley at the institution, a picture of a ladybug is visible on the wall behind him. In ancient times, the ladybug was symbolic of the Virgin Mary. And there's also some some uh, spoiler thoughts on that one. But like, geez. Oh my <laughs> it's God. crazy. So just wanted to say welcome to Matthew Abaddon love him he's so creepy the guy who plays him does a great job at being creepy yes it's it's his yeah. deep voice as someone who uh as someone who works yeah. 40 hours a week with attorneys i can <laughs> confirm they're shady bitches yeah right so he says that he's an attorney for oceanic airlines um which isn't actually true not really obviously because he like is weird to hurley about it but um we obviously can't say who he really works for yet but i can say that he yeah no attorney cares this much about you sorry <laughs> right <laughs> so we can't say who he really works for yet but i promise that they give you the answer if you haven't seen anything past here that you will get the answer for who abaddon works for it's true don't trust attorneys sorry yeah <laughs> i just god can you tell i hate my workplace anyway so fair on lastpedia it said when hurley is talking to abaddon the chalkboard behind them shows a drawing of a tree an island and a shark 
Another finger painting has the word victory painted in red on it. And Evie and Jorge in the commentary joked that Jack Bender must have done it because he's constantly putting his art in the show. <laughs> so that he like drew those funny pictures in oh, the back. I love that. So Abaddon says, hey, we heard about your problems recently. And, you know, he thinks that he's like incarcerated here because he was arrested. But Hurley actually wants to be here, obviously. Um, he says, we feel really bad about it because it's our fault that you have PTSD, basically. Our fault. We know that he doesn't actually work for Oceanic, but that's what he's saying. He's like, we want you to have an upgrade. We want you to have a better facility with better amenities and a better view, including seeing the ocean. And Hurley goes, I don't want to see the ocean. And I love that moment. I love that. Yeah. I love that. He's like, are you kidding me? That's the last thing I want to see right now, actually. Yeah. Move me to the middle of America or the middle of Canada. I don't want to see water ever again. Mm -hmm. I never want to see a body of water for the rest of my life. It's so good. It reminds me, and I, I bring up this scene constantly, but it's because it's one of my favorite scenes in this whole show. But it reminds me of when Jack was helping Sarah at the, in 201 and was like, oh, I sprained my ankle. And Sarah's like in a hospital bed, like, oh, no, sorry, that happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like that moment of, oh, it sucks to be you. I literally can't walk. Yes, it's just people accidentally saying things without thinking and then them getting called out for it. Right. And I just, I love that. I love that. Good love stuff. that moment. It's said on Lostpedia, Matthew Abaddon sits at a chessboard on the light side and Hurley sits away from either side of the board between dark and light. Oh, wow. Symbolism. It's crazy. I just imagine like Jack Bender like putting that chessboard down or like seeing the table with the chessboard and is like there and it's like we can do dark and light here, which is really cool. Truly. So Hurley says, I'm actually fine here in this facility. And he's like, oh, are you fine? You're in a mental hospital. And Hurley's like, who are you? (laughs) First of all, can I see a business card? And he's like, oh, they must be in my other pants. Right? Mr. Reyes. Hello. My name is Matthew Abaddon. I'm an attorney for Oceanic Airlines. Can we talk for a few minutes? Okay. I'm here, Mr. Reyes, because we heard about your recent episode. Your arrest, your incarceration here. Frankly, we feel terrible about it. So, on behalf of Oceanic, I'd like to extend you an invitation for a little upgrade. What kind of upgrade? To a facility where the paint isn't peeling off the walls. Where you'd have your own bathroom. You can see the ocean from where. I don't want to see the ocean. No problem. Actually, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm fine right here. Are you fine, Mr. Reyes? What do you mean? You're in a mental institution. Who'd you say you were again? I'd like to see a business card. I must have left them at home. But the way that he says it isn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so apologetic. I really didn't, I really meant to bring them, but I don't have them. Like he looks at Hurley like, oh, you have figured out the fact that I am lying. Oh my God. This is not how any attorney will approach you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just, 
with someone with much more legal knowledge than she cares to have this will never happen to you and if it does call a real attorney yes (laughs) and so Curly's like okay you need to leave then and Abaddon says with like the last couple moments that he has are they still alive so what can we take from this statement having not seen the rest of this season like when he says are they still alive what can we take from that Hmm. well well, he knows that well at this point we don't know like like the six we don't we don't know anything about that but I'm just thinking like he knows about everybody else like he knows about every single yeah. person that was there not they're not alluding to who came or who didn't come there but the fact is mm-hmm. he knows they're there but it seems like they're hiding the fact that that they're dead like is that what yeah like did they come here and say that everyone else is dead and mm-hmm. like and why mm-hmm. what why the hell would they be covering this up so <sighs> okay uh this is probably belongs in spoilers but remind me like who does abaddon work for he works for okay that's what i thought i mean even without that knowledge i feel like he is assuming i mean he's questioning are the rest of the people on that plane still alive yeah, for sure and after hearing hurley say i'm one of the oceanic six we can take from that that there are only six of them and so he's asking about everybody else right right exactly so hurley starts freaking out and everybody at the at santa rosa is like ah classic hurley sorry about this but he has a good reason for freaking out oh yeah um he's like that guy's trying to get me so then abaddon just like creepily leaves and yeah i just wanted to give a shout out that that guy who plays him is just so good i think his name's lance shout out to lance i call him mr deepo he doesn't look like a lance I know. He does not look like a Lance. Yeah, he looks like a Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, no, his yeah. his he he's got a voice like Michael Emerson does. Like it's just that yeah. just that that creepy, not even creepy, but just that. It's just that tone. It's just it very it, commanding. It's perfect. It's perfect for that character you know Mm -hmm. it's a trusting but untrusting voice Mm -hmm. so next scene outside of santa rosa um painting like a really nice painting of a person with an igloo um which was actually painted by jorge he said in the commentary i took the scene from before where he says he doesn't want to be able to see the ocean so i thought what's the furthest away from the island so i painted the igloo that's awesome i love that and before i even listened to the commentary i was like oh i want to somehow like connect this to the men from from to the men from the end of season two who call penny who are like in the snow and like also and maybe an igloo and stuff yeah 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 and then and then evie brought it up in the commentary so she's thinking on the same on the same level wow you thought of it first though i like to think so um so another patient shows up and says dude watch out some guy is staring at you over there and it's charlie um and he's dressed sort of like he did before the crash like even before like right before the crash because his hair is like cropped and you know he's like looking like his rock star self and he says don't run hurley please i need to talk to you and this is sort of the beginning of a new power that hurley has that i've been trying to look up where this power comes from and how he gets it but this is the first time that we see it and it's unclear to me how he gets this power to sort of start speaking to people who have passed away so he's like don't do what you did in the store so now we learn why Hurley ran um and he's like just don't freak out and Hurley's like don't freak out uh I'm just chilling chilling trying to live my life and you show up uh you're dead dude are you aware of the circumstances (laughs) he's like I might be in this mental institution but I know that you're dead and I'm not gonna have a pretend conversation with you and Charlie says something extremely confusing I am dead but I'm also here sure sure but I mean that other guy did see him yeah which is like completely unexplained Mm -hmm. (laughs) completely so that the guy fully just saw him so he slaps Hurley across the face to prove that he's there physically and so they're like okay let's sit on lostpedia it was pointed out that charlie slaps hurley to prove that he's real the same way that dave did 
Yeah. Oh, which is like kind of weird to think about. Like, was Dave actually real? I don't know. Because Hurley, cause Hurley knows that Dave wasn't real. So like, I don't know why Charlie slapping him would be proof. You know what I mean? It, but we never got any anyone else ever seeing Dave, but we got someone else seeing yes, Charlie here. That is true. So did you know that you were going to die? Yes, I did. You didn't tell me. Yeah, because you would have tried to stop me and I was going to do it anyway. But you have something that you need to do that you are ignoring. Um, You ran away from me in the store because you knew I was going to tell you what you didn't want to hear. And of course, like when Charlie or whatever puts his hand up that says they need you, that was him trying to tell him again. So he's like, I'm not listening to you. And he does exactly what he did on the island with the cabin. You're not here. You're not here. And plugs his ears. And I love the line where Charlie's like, "Uh, you're being a baby because I love that they still have their rapport. Oh, like yeah. They're still friends. Lovely. He's like, I'll count to five and you'll be gone. Um, And of course, counting to five is always a callback on the, in this show because, you know, when the girl's nerves came out of her like angel hair pasta. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'll remember this. Yeah, just count to five. Yeah. <laughs> me a minute, but I got the there. pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, don't do this. They need you. But he opens his eyes and he is gone. And, you know, Charlie's saying they need you. This is the same they that Abaddon was was talking about. Are they still alive? And, you know, if only six of them made it off, we can assume that it's the other people on the island that he's talking about. All right, last scene, you guys. Yay! Let's do it. So Hurley's playing basketball, you know, which we saw him do in Dave and everything. So that's mm-hmm. something that he's good at. Jack enters, they smile, they're happy to see each other. And he's like, oh, I'm on my way back from a consult. I want to come see you. I want to play horse. So they play horse. And he's like, oh, so you're being a surgeon again? And Jack's like, yes. Hurley scores, Jack misses. And Hurley asks if the reporters are bothering him. And Jack says, not really, but he does still sign autographs at coffee shops, which is cute. Oh, of course he does. And then he says that he's thinking about growing a beard, which is very fun chronologically because we know that he does grow that beard and that it does look weird. (laughs) Crazy man beard. Yeah. And, you know, Hurley's like, no, that'd be weird. I bet that that was in response to some audience reactions. Like the audience at the end of season three was like, Jack looks weird. And then they were like, let's put that in the show, lol. Okay, get this, get this. On Lostpedia, the letters H and O show up several times in this episode. H is the eighth letter of the alphabet and O is the 15th letter of the alphabet. Together, this makes 815. That's incredible because my mind my like my mind was only thinking ho ho you know <laughs> yeah nothing further it says while playing horse with hurley jack gets the letters h wow. and o behind hurley as he's freaking out over abaddon there's a small sculpture of the letters h o on the shelf and hurley mentions that charlie's ghost showing up in the convenience store right next to the ho-hos the ho-ho the ho-hos <laughs> that's good stuff i love that one that's a really good that's a really good one that's great and it feels so intentional that i just mm-hmm. can't help but think oh like how did they plan oh. how did they plan all of this stuff that's the thing that like so much of it maybe was just coincidence that people years later have yeah together but mm-hmm. like that like like that's what we we're talking about earlier. that's why this show works and that's why this work, show works so yeah. well on on rewatches all these stupid little details that no one's ever gonna care about except for like people that are so into this this show you know like you don't see the walking yeah. walking dead ain't gonna do anything like this I think that like a lot of them are Damon and Carlton like writing in the script and everything but I think that like the next person who it goes down to who I don't know I'm just saying is like one of the editors or maybe Jack Bender or something says what if we added this and Damon and Carlton say sure and then like you know the next the actors get it and they said what if we added this and then Damon and Carlton go sure you know like I feel like all of these references and everything that are always so smart are like going through multiple different brains you know Mm -hmm. yeah so Hurley says okay Jack 
and we already kind of talked about this so it might go a little fast but what do you actually want from here he says oh nothing i was just checking on you and he's like you wanted to see if i went off the deep end and if i was going to tell the secret and jack goes are you so that was clearly a confession that you didn't actually come here because you care about me and i think it's so weird that he didn't even try to say no hurley i love you what are you talking about you know he literally just cut to the chase and was like yeah so are you gonna tell the secret you better keep your mouth shut it makes me sad yeah well and like it, and like i kind of wrote down like because i I, time frame like how long was he in there for a month but you could tell no one's come and visited him you know mm-hmm. like that's just so sad yeah. like you know because it, it i'm assuming they all like especially jack and him like this place is in the same town like within mm-hmm. a 15 minute drive or something like that you know yeah. but there's no there's no yeah, relationship so. there where you're only there to make sure he keeps his mouth shut not just like everything they've gone through there's no friendship there there's no nothing yeah you know? like damn jack be a better person <laughs> exactly <laughs> Tagline of the show. <laughs> well, now that I have my information, I'm not even going to finish this game with you. He's just like, you win, bye. Yeah. I'm leaving. You know? Yeah. Ugh, gross. I'd be like, thanks for coming, jerk. Yeah. So Hurley says, I'm sorry I went with Locke. I should have stayed with you. What are you really doing here, Jack? I was just checking on you, seeing if everything was okay. You're checking to see if I went nuts? If I was going to tell? Are you? You're up. Nah, you win. I, uh... I gotta run. It's great seeing you, Hurley. Sorry! Sorry I went with Locke. I should have stayed with you. It's water under the bridge, man. I don't think we did the right thing, Jack. I think it wants us to come back. Hurley. It's gonna do everything it can. We're never going back! And Hurley says, never say never, dude. Um, And of course, we just saw Ben say that to Jack in the King of the Castle webisode. And so we sort of talked about it then. But obviously, like, it's great of him being like, we're never going back. And then knowing that later he has that we have to go back moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, I mean, we already talked about this, but like the idea that, you know, he's saying he's sorry he went with Locke. It's like, you know, that so much must have gone down for him to want to say that. And it just makes you so excited for the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a good segue into the rest of the season and the rest of the series like this clear divide between the two sides you know the man of faith and the man of science and it's like i should have gone with the man of faith tell Mm -hmm. me more yeah but that's what i got you guys have anything else before we move on to segments i don't think so so now it's time for segments. Our first segment is our favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Sawyer and Hurley for... You know what? I got the walkie. I'm making the call. Hey! And then Hurley just absolutely <laughs> throwing the whole thing into the into the water, which is great. Um, and then as requested by Casey, I'd like to give my honorable mention to Daniel Faraday for... Are you Jack? <laughs> well, are you? Answer. 
I can't believe you didn't choose that. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> and my favorite line award goes to Hurley and Bernard for... And I want to do a cannonball. Hurley, you want to do a cannonball? Cannonball. Oh! I love Bernard yeah. so much. So precious. I bet he's, like, just so happy to be, like, alive. Yes! That's scary thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, and you gotta wonder, does he think maybe his SOS signal finally did work? Yeah, <laughs> He put right? so many, he put so much into that. No one, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, maybe it worked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, mine just goes to Hurley. And I'm trying to buy some jerky and a slushy, and suddenly you're standing there over by the ho-hos. You're dead, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> I I have a much more meaningful line from him in the sh in that episode that I just love, but this one's way more fun. So if you would like to give an honorable mention, feel free to do so. I love this line because he's like, "Here's all of the details about yeah. what I was going to buy." <laughs> I love that. Well, and and this, and it and and it, it shows for like happy fun Hurley to sad Hurley, and I I, I think I tried to yeah. write it all because I wrote it out at like one thirty in the morning last night. And it's, it's Hurley describing everyone about what Charlie says. I don't know why, but he changed his mind. Because the last thing he did oh. was warn us about the people that aren't who they say they are. And love that. That whole monologue. Yes. Oh. So I don't know why, but Incredible. he changed his mind. And it's that, like that sentence right there. That's what season four. Bingo. You know? Yeah, and honestly, oh my gosh. Okay, this actually dovetails perfectly into our next segment, which is Man of Science, Man of Faith. I was about to say how extremely Man of Faith of Hurley to be like, I don't know why he changed his mind, but I'm going to believe him because he's my best friend. Yes. 1,000%. 100%. 100%. So would you guys say Hurley is more Man of Science, more Man of Faith? Faith. That is faith. Faith, yeah. That is faith. And it's complete blind faith. It's completely blind faith. Yeah. 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 It's such a, it's such a, I don't it's a beautiful take of faith, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like kind of getting deep, but I feel like so many people when like you question them, oh, do you believe in God? It's like either yes, a thousand percent or no, a thousand percent or mm -hmm. the majority of people in the middle. I feel like so many people are like, I believe in something. I don't I know don't what. Know. And yeah. I just feel like Hurley, Hurley's entire purpose is. I believe in something. Yeah. I don't yeah. know I believe in, but I believe in love. I believe in trust. I believe in like joy, Friendship. you know? And I just feel like that purely comes out in this episode. Just Hurley is such a man of faith and maybe not religiously, but he is a man of faith in the sense that like he believes in who he trusts and who he loves and who he confides in and who he surrounds himself with, you know? And I think that's ultimately like what faith is, you know? Yeah. And by putting his faith in Charlie, he goes with Locke, who is the man of faith. He's walking off with the side of faith. Right. Our next segment is, did they do the thing um, the thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode, um, they didn't technically do it in the episode, but they did last uh, last episode in the finale, and you can hear it in the previously. So I want to say kinda. It counts. It's on that it's on that episode when you click season four, yep. episode one. Yep. I'm telling you, making that call is the beginning of the end. So how many episodes since the last knockout? No one was knocked out this episode. So that's still two episodes since the last knockout. Uh huh. Great. Awesome. Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? I think there are two different times when it almost passes, but I don't think so because the Rose, Sun, and Claire conversation turns pretty quickly to yeah. 
to their various significant others. And then the Kate Naomi scene, like she starts talking to George and also they talk about Locke Mm -hmm. in the scene. So I don't think that it passes the Bechdel test, but they almost did. Yeah, the the Rose, Claire, and Kate scene where like they're talking about like, ooh, Claire. Oh, Rose, Claire, and Son, but yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I said. Oh, Kate, that's what I said. Yeah, know that. That, I was like, oh, so cute. And then it turned so quickly to like their significant others. And I was like, "Mm, maybe just like celebrate each other for a moment. Yeah. But also we have discovered that like the Bechdel test isn't like the end all be all of like, you know, feminism. Yes. Stay tuned for a segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers. So proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you, as always, to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. I would also like to give thank yous to whoever cooperated in the same place and space as us during this podcast. So shout out to my dog. Shout out to Casey's parents, I assume. Yeah. Shout out to Scott's wife and children. Yeah, no, and, and even my... It is 12.53. Shout out to my oldest son who came down to let our dog out and was quiet the whole time. So they were very good. Oh, mm-hmm. so considerate. Mm-hmm. Tell him thank you tomorrow. I, I, we love that. I will. I'm, and he was like, who are you going to go talk to? I'm like, do you remember Robin? We went and had lunch with her. Like three... Years. There's no way he remembers that. That was forever ago. He was so small. He was like in a high chair. He remembers that, so. What? Oh my gosh. He remembered that. Wow. Yep. So cute. I remember photos from the day you guys got lunch together. Yeah. (laughs) Now I got two more on top of that. That's why I'm just so damn tired all the time. Oh (laughs) my god. (laughs) If you were so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That would be great. Um, we have three other podcasts that are currently doing things. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing. Um, and we did season three after the fact, full spoilers, and we are doing season two now. I'm thrilled because season two is my favorite season. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, same thing. Um, we have done all six seasons of Riverdale so far. Um, I assume the seventh season hasn't started yet in February, um, but if it has, we're doing that too. And it's the final season, so catch up. Uh, if you're a fan of Strange, things we like to talk about that show too we've done the first three seasons and by the time this goes up in february i think we should maybe have started season four so we are uh covering season four in 2023 so check that out thanks yay if you were so inclined please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend we did that already babe oh no no i'm looking too far ahead (laughs) in my dock it is okay you are so tired i am so tired you can follow at the aficionados on twitter facebook tumblr and instagram mostly twitter but robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on tumblr so check those out our patreon as i said earlier is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you like what we do here please consider donating um because uh it takes a lot and is kind of expensive to run this but you get to listen to it for free so if it's worth anything to you um go ahead and check out our patreon if not check out our small businesses um those will be in the description and um, that's another way that you can support us and also get something cool out of it or like casey just said recommend us to a friend because that's free and it still helps you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y-W-T-A-C-A-C-H-E-S-T-V. Casey Watches TV. You can find it. Do it. It's in the description. 
And thank you, Scott, for helping us today. Thank you for having me. I, I, I love doing this with you guys. Like, it's, it's fun. It really is. I'm so happy I got to record with the Zamboni guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this was your first one with Casey and Scott. It was. It was. The first of many. Yes. Yes, it's a blast. Thanks for making it work, Scott. I know that you have like a strenuous schedule. No, no, we got dinner done, clean up, and Daddy's going downstairs. Be quiet. So yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So uh, next episode is episode four hundred two. It's called Confirmed Dead. I'm really excited about it, and our guest is going to be David, different than Dave, who we had on recently. Completely different person. We've never had him on before, so it's really exciting. Um, he's at Deep Sky Two Four M D N A on Twitter. If you guys want to check him out ahead of time, awesome. and yeah, looking forward to talking about that one. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. I like you both. <laughs> It's not okay, love you guys. It's okay, love the audience who is listening. Well, we like them. I love them. I like them. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> Scott's like, mm, jury's out. They're okay. Maybe. I don't. I've never met them. But. Theoretically, <laughs> I am. I'm one of them. All right, let's do spoilers, you guys. So we're gonna start with island spoilers. Let's oh my god, I am so loopy. I'm losing it. All right, I'm gonna go through these real fast so that uh, oh. Casey can go to sleep. Yeah, no, that's okay. Also, if you need me to, <laughs> if you need me to re-record anything, please let me know. <laughs> Like I don't be okay. I have not had a brain cell the past like hour and a half, so I haven't heard you start talking to the wall. Yeah. Well, you've said some pretty smart things, so thank you so much. I'm just. I feel like after a certain point, I just get like smart, but no context. If that makes sense. You're like a high person who's just like, and what if the walls could hear? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's 1258 a.m. What could happen? Anything. All right, let's do this. Hurley believes in the faith of joy and love. He does! (laughs) Okay, okay. So, spoilers that I have. Sun is so happy that she's gonna have her baby in a hospital. Exciting for her because she will. It's just that Jin won't be there. Yeah. (laughs) Real sad. Careful what to wish for. Although, I will say, I mean, even ultimately, still better than Claire. Yeah. I mean, literally, yes. She had, like, full doctors and everything, yeah. So, then we have Ben and Rousseau um, watching Carl and Alex, and I'm just reminded of like Ben and Rousseau in the flash sideways taking care of Alex and I am just livid to know that Carl wasn't in the flash sideways. Little little student Alex could have a little cute boyfriend named Carl. It's like there's so and we didn't get that? There are so many other minor characters who show up in the flash sideways. You're telling me Frogert gets to be in the flash sideways and Carl doesn't. Cool. You're not Carl? And And he was just trying to help her out the whole time. Was trying to get her away from her crazy psycho dad, you know? Yeah. And don't get me started on how we love Carl. How they all went down like that. that what what a crappy. Yeah, no, I'm fully with you. What a crappy scene of well, editing and getting it like seeing microphones and stuff like that. Here, but terrible way of <laughs> having killed them off. Yeah, that's definitely. I de- absolutely complain that. I I will absolutely complain about yeah. that for sure. And it's like, oh, they're dead. Oh, crap, you know, like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is about the whisper that we hear that says it's January seventh. Okay. Oh, tell me about that. Tell me. About okay. Oh, yeah, you had something good on this, yes. It is so hard for me to believe that they knew this 
which is why it's such a crazy thing to hear from the whispers because January 7th canonically is the day that the Oceanic 6 are found by the people of Indonesia. Wow. Whoa. Like that's the day that they like pull up with the with the boat and the and they're wow. found. Wow, wow, wow. I'm like there's no way that they knew that they knew that and that that, that was going to be the day. Like anyway, it, it just blew my mind. That's insane. Then we have Tell My Sister I Love Her, which of course is a spoiler literally just for next episode, which is that we re- it reveals that that was that was code yeah oh what was the code for it was basically like i'm i've been i can't remember what miles says he says it next episode but it's like like you've been compromised yeah i've been compromised or like they're holding a gun to my head or like something like that basically okay okay okay. yeah he's like she doesn't have a sister hurley has the torch at the cabin and then he drops the torch and nothing ever comes from it but like it just reminded me that the cabin is is eventually burned by the ajira people and that's how the cabin gets taken out of commission so yeah i just fully forgot that awesome and oh okay last thing i have other than just like hello faraday is here um last thing i have for the island storyline is um a couple of things from lastpedia that said when the camp splits this is the last time desmond rose bernard and many other 815 survivors ever see Locke again oh 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 i just remembered something tell me it's very insignificant but during the like fuselage dramatic scene there is a uh-huh. man there, mm, there's a person in the background who grabs the hand of another person in the background uh-huh those person th- those person those persons both are physically presenting as <gasps> masculine <gasps> and i would like to believe they are gay, gay lovers <gasps> on the island there are gays securing their fate with Mr. Locke, Man. I don't know. It just, it appeared to me, and I didn't remember it until this moment because I didn't make a note about it. They killed off the one gay character last episode, and they said, we have to make up for it. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, right? I would love to see that. I don't know. Great. So I have, that's literally the last time Desmond Rose, Bernard, and many other people see Locke again. Wow. Similarly, this is the last time chronologically that Ben and Juliet share a scene. <gasps> what? Wow. Wild. Like chronologically. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ben and wow. Juliet never see each other again. <gasps> so what was the last thing they said to each other? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they talked in that scene. Like, no. I don't even think they even, maybe maybe they looked at each other. I don't know. But that, that that's the last time Ben and Juliet. Was the last thing they said to each other, like Juliet kicking him out of the book club? Like. No, no, like a lot of things happened after that because that was the day of the crash. Oh, right? yeah, no, a lot of things happened after that, Casey. Come on, be realistic. It's okay, you're so tired. <laughs> <sighs> but I don't, yeah, they don't ever show Juliet even looking at him. Like, there's no eye contact. Wow. No. That's wild. Thank you, Lux. Lostpedia. There we go. Yeah. Um, so that's what I have for the, for the island. Oh, what, go on, Casey. Just like one more spoiler note is uh-huh. that um, Hurley on the island after i don't know i think it's right after we get the flirt the first the first flash forwards um uh-huh. we get hurley saying like seriously it worked just anytime yeah. i hear the phrase it worked in the series mm. i am thinking about juliet right please no i'm thinking about juliet and i think it happened like twice in this episode like someone said it worked and i'm just yeah mm, juliet Thank you. That's totally a fair spoilers note to have. You know? I'm with you. There was a great thing going around on, I think it was Twitter the other day with Elizabeth Mitchell. With the, and It was a fan and her recreating the It Worked scene. <gasps> yeah. Ugh. You know what I love about Liz is that she cares about 
what people love her from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, true. Zach Efron can't even name three high school musical songs, you know? Yeah. But Liz, she's like, I'm gonna, I, people care about this and it means a lot to me that they care about me because of this thing I did. So I'm going to honor it, yeah. you know? And I love that about Liz. And also, she's pretty. Thank you. She, and also, she's pretty. She is. <laughs> yeah. We could all objectively say that she's pretty. I think. Y- you know what I love about Liz? <laughs> she's pretty. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. And she played a great Mrs. Claus. Everything and more. Yeah, she's Mrs. Claus. Great Mrs. Claus. Oh, my God. Guys. Yeah. Watched on, what's it called? Disney Plus. Is it out yet? Um, or it will be out by the time this comes oh, out? Oh, it'll surely be out by the time oh, this yeah. is out. Yeah. As for the flashes, you know, Hurley says that he doesn't know about Anna Lucia, and that's because they said in their lie that everyone but Charlie Boone and Libby died in the crash, so he wouldn't have met her. No. Because he only would have met the other members of the Oceanic Six plus Charlie Boone and Libby. Wow. We we talked about the ladybug that is behind Abaddon. Um, the ladybug on the wall in the mental institution makes a reappearance on the refrigerator in Jack and Kate's apartment in Something Nice Back Home later this season. Did not know that. They're like, hey, let's just reuse this. And then the other thing I had was that Abaddon works for Widmore, um, who obviously is the person who put the plane under the ocean. And so he's basically just trying to, like, get information about the island and everything. So the part where he's like, are they all still alive? Like, Charles Widmore is trying to get to the island, you know? And that's why when the next time we see Abaddon is when he's like, maybe it's not the next time, but, you know, we see him working with Locke after Locke gets back off the island in The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham in season five. Um, And he is still working for Widmore and helping out Locke Mm -hmm. as a favor to Widmore or or as part of Widmore's plan. Don't trust lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my timeline might be wrong on this, but is this when he's wheeling him around in the wheelchair? Yeah. 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 Right up. Yeah, I love that scene where, where you think- At one point, he was also one of the, like, orderlies or something, but- Yeah. yeah. That's that's the scene I'm remembering, is when he's one of the order- orderlies who mm-hmm. thinks he's gonna push him down the stairs in his wheelchair. Yeah, I think that that's, like, chronologically happened before now, yeah. but I, I can't super remember. My mind's gone to mush on this, so- Yes. <laughs> all right, well, those are all the spoilers I have. Do you guys have anything else? Negative. I have the one thing that I, I thought of in my head, and I'm sure. thinking about it now- it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't. So mm-hmm. when Naomi dies, quote unquote, doesn't die, right? So we don't really know what goes on. Uh-huh. What we know of the man in black is when he can take the shape of anyone that has died, <gasps> right? Oh like, my god! Like, Ooh, so, god. so we don't we don't hear the the you know the you know like that's a really bad yeah. sound effect. We don't hear that, but. Okay, so Naomi got. Could that have been the man in black oh taking her? One thousand percent. And because yeah, he okay. wants he wants people to come to the island. He wants to get the hell out of there. <gasps> she looked fully dead. Oh my god, she looked fully dead. So, she looked fully dead, and she came back. So could, could it have been? We don't know. I think you're right. And he has, like, the memories of those people, right? He has the memories of them? So he would know about that code? I would think so. Because every time that there was ever, like, when we see later when when they're in the temple, they'll get me started on that, when when John's going in between, like, Man in in Black, whatever, and and when he's going in between the different characters, you don't don't hear the sound effect, but I was just, I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, 
what if this is man in black wow okay i'm i'm going on her lostpedia page immediately because i'm like have other people pull, put this together and i just never did or like what what happened here mm -hmm. let me see my um, theory could be so terribly wrong and all of this i mean to me this seems like a huge oversight i know but it's amazing mm -hmm. like but it, who, she fully seemed dead who the hell gets a knife in the back like that bad and can crawl right? away from it to the point where then you can go climb a damn tree you know like that part okay listen it does not say that on her wiki so i feel like this is a you theory that you came up with mm -hmm. and i don't see any thing going against it you know what i mean like it it, it seems it, it that makes sense to me it see it in my opinion it makes the injury and all of that and what she is able to do after more plausible it makes more sense it makes more sense than what it was it, makes, it, it seems more plausible Way more sense oh my gosh scott holy crap okay no i'm with you i this is my new headcanon too okay i i agree way more sense wow oh my god i mean on that note thank you scott for joining us for this episode hey 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 there we go scott goodness <laughs> And once again, you can find all of our social media information and how you guys can get a hold of us in the description, um, us as well as Scott, um, at The Aficionados all over the place. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. And we just appreciate you guys so much um, for sticking around with us for six years, even if you just started listening last week. We still appreciate you. And um, we're going to do it. We're going to finish this show, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, you have to finish the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Not a question. I, I would rather die than not finish, finish the show. And then we'll go back yes. and we'll watch it chronologically lost. Then we'll do it that way. It'll never end. Exactly. Oh <laughs> All right. Here we go, you guys. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Oh, <laughs> yay. I am here. You're being a baby. <laughs>